And here's the crazy thing about the music, man, is they kind of sing and they sing a little bit. They sing a little bit, a little bit here and a little bit there. It's kind of like a singing, but it's not really singing because they're really just talking like this, like that, like this, like that, like that. What do you get? What do you say? What do you know? What? Talking like this. I got a fever now. My head's so hot. It's hot like a head. Hot like a head in Indiana. Indiana. What do you say? What do you know? Hello. Hello. How are Hello. you? Aloha. Aloha. Hello. Hi. 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 How are you? Woo. Good, I'm harried. I was making uh, lots of uh, hasty notes here. About yeah, we have so much to talk about this week. Oh, oh my good, god, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah. Well, how, 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 how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. How are you? For, I'm I'm fine. Aloha. No complaints. Well, someday you're gonna watch the. You're gonna listen to Flophouse, and you're you're really gonna like it. Uh, it's been a big week. It's been a are huge. You, week. Have you been on that show? Hmm? On the uh, Flophouse. You mean like like as a guest? As a guest. No, they don't do guest appearances. Huh, that's funny. I thought all the big shows had guests. You could just write in and be be a guest on the show. Oh, I maybe people haven't they haven't gotten on a list yet, but they could probably definitely benefit when they're discussing Castle Freak and the guy tearing off his own ding-dong. <laughs> that 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 would probably be very useful to have a thought leader there to uh, to opine. I mean, someone could contribute a lot to that show, I would think. Someone like you. Somebody super familiar with with the uh Hundreds of episodes where they talk about a bad movie and then derail right. into funny bits. That's right for, for an hour. Oh, that's a that's a perfect venue. If you are one of the, if you are regarded as one of the great CEOs in America, that that's definitely you've got to get on. I mean, Flophouse has got to be your number one, number two show to be on. Aloha. See now that's gonna be funny to you, like in a year when you listen to the show, well, I'll finally get around to listening. And then because you're gonna listen back to the show, and like all of our listeners right now, you're gonna say hello, and then you'll say that's how it works. So we have a lot to talk about. I have uh, two giant corrections, uh, some more uh, illumination on things we talked about last week, including right. my purchase of a new TV, Dingus. Ooh. I want to thank a bunch of people for nice notes this week. And I have uh, several pieces of, I think, very good uh, feedback for us to talk about. I can't wait. I'm on board. 100%. This is technically one of those shows where I prepared a little bit. I love those. Those are my favorite shows. This might be a long one. Oh, mm. I'm ready. Won't be very wide. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But like a fresh pencil, unsharpened. <laughs> Let me get this out of the way. I am, I am literally, li- literally covered with shame because of something I got horribly wrong. Nobody has pointed this out to me, which makes me think, think that people aren't listening to the show anymore. I made an egregious error uh, last week. About what? What happened? First of all, Rick Remender is like a fantastic writer. I don't know how I brain farted this. Rick Remender, who wrote Fear Agent and a whole bunch of other things. I ate the booger colossally last week. He did not do the run of Captain America that I was talking about. That was the wonderful Ed Brubaker. Ed Brubaker. You know, he wears a hat. John Roderick knows him. John, John Roderick says he used to, used to wear a vest around Seattle and carry a, carry a gun. Okay. Yeah, he's got a whole story about it. But uh, apologies to, to Rick, uh, Rick Brubaker. Ed Brubaker and his family, apologies to, to Cap and to the Winter Soldier. His Winter Soldier is very, very good. So uh, anyway, uh, first of all, shame on all of you for not correcting me on that. That was a terrible, egregious error. Yeah, Ed Brubaker, he's really good. One of the one of the original people in my uh, recommendations uh, to get into comics. Ed Brubaker high on the list. Basically, I had I had a call with Rob, Rob Corgi, and I said, "Look, I want to get into these comics. What should I? What should I start? I, I should send you this note. It's hilarious. My notes from this call." Because it's all is this from a while I, ago or recent. Yeah, no, this is a few years ago. We uh, we had a call and I was like, "What do you What do you really like?" And he's like, "Oh, you got to check out Ed Brew, Brubaker. You got to check out Matt Fraction. You got to check out like and it was like all this stuff, yeah. especially in the Marvel world." And I ended up really loving. I remember but, back in After Dark, we spent the whole time, and I was just catching you up on the state of current state of Wolverine. 
Yeah, and you told me um, he went feral. Then he came came back. Then he had the. You, you broke my heart when you told me the Colossus was uh, <laughs> was uh, uh, with the guy with the hat. Yeah, <laughs> Juggernaut. But that Juggernaut. was temporary. Mm-hmm. I read a very very. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to be controversial. I read a very damning article about Stanley today. Really? No, I want to hear that. I want to hear about. Well, it. Well, you know what? I'll send it to you. It's 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 all the stuff people have always talked about, but. Yeah. What, that he's uh, uh, hard to work with or something? Well, takes, takes credit. That, uh, I don't know anything about this, so I'm just guessing. But like takes credit for ideas aren't his, that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the contention here that many people have made, including, of course, Steve Dicko and most especially Jack Kirby, have mm-hmm. made over, over the years. You know, first of all, that he's, <laughs> he's a showman. You know, we all kind of agree that he's a showman. He's a yeah. great base for, for Marvel, especially in the 70s. But that essentially his contribution to creating the characters that we, especially the Ditko and Kirby characters that are so like the backbone of Marvel for 50 years, creating those characters, but also then making the comics, you know, there's always the, what do they call it? The Marvel way where basically he would give us notes to somebody, they would draw it and then he would go right in all of the bubbles and the balloons. Yeah. Just basically saying that he's not a particularly pleasant person. He does take tons of credit and that, you know, what everybody already knows, which is that Marvel is, they're not a very nice company. They haven't been a very nice company for many years. And that, you know, there's a lot of folks who, you know, made the company that just got treated like freelancers, which they kind of were. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a bummer. Anyway, I don't want to throw him under the bus. He's a 90 year old man, you know? I saw but, him uh, speak at a, I think it was like Dallas comic con or something like that. And, you know, I, it was funny because I've seen him in the movies and I've been familiar with who he was, but I remember my first exposure to Stan Lee was watching the, Amazing Spider-Man uh, or Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I think I forget the exact one, but it was the one with uh, Firestar and Iceman and the d- annoying dog and Aunt May all living together in like a in, a, in a, in a little house somewhere. Maybe it was Aunt May's house. Maybe it was an apartment. I can't remember. And then that would be buttressed up against the Incredible Hulk. And at, at the end of the show, you Stan Lee would come on, and maybe at the beginning too, and he would talk. And he's, oh, I know what you're talking he'd about. He'd refer to like, you as true believers. This and, was fairly recent, and it was a version of his bullpen thing that he would do. No, the Excelsior bit. It was a version like 10 of ten years old at the top of the show. Yeah, I've heard. I've I've heard that. It's really good. He's really good at that. Spider Man, Amazing Friends. I gotta look and, and see what if. Yeah, that's it. Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. It it was uh, in the in 1981. Yeah, that right. That's right. Hmm. I'll I'll put this in the. Oh, notes. look at that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would come on at the end, and what a strange collection of characters to put together. Yeah, you know. And then, like later, I found out that Iceman was one of the original members of of the X Men and such. And it did. I was like, no, he's not. He's like he's like Peter Parker's roommate. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, this is, this is one of those third rail kind of things. Cause you know, the vast majority of people are going to find this excruciating to listen to. And the people who do care know more about it than we do, right. which is exactly the kind of topic we should probably I love. Replace. That's our, that's our, that's our vortex. That's topic. our bread and butter. Yeah. I have some reckons about autism. Now clear the calendar. I have several very important things that I'd like to say about how I imagine that autism works. Spectrum disorder, as I call it. Uh, so anyway, that kind of, kind of breaks your heart, but you know, it's, it's one of those things, <laughs> God, what, what could be worse than saying someone's like Bill Cosby? He's not exactly like Bill Cosby, yeah, no. but it's, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, it's, this is a beloved, you know, uh, persona mm. 
somebody you've looked at as the, you know, it, it would be like finding out that, you know, Colonel Sanders is hawking loogies in the nuggets. You know, you'd be like, man, that's not cool. Dial it down, Colonel. <laughs> wow. It's entirely different. Um, so that's a bummer. Uh, but anyway, go check out, uh, you know, and, and you know, I, 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 I always want to remind people. Uh, if you're if you're kind of vaguely interested in comics, especially you know Marvel, DC, a lot of image, uh, if you haven't looked at comics for a while, here's a real easy way in. I, I imagine this is true in other places. I know this is true in San Francisco. We live very near a branch public library. It's a very it's a small public library, but they have a, a collection of several hundred trades trade paperbacks just at our library. Let alone what you can get by requesting it, you know, from the main library system. So I guess what I would say is like, just for fun, you know, if you've heard some of these ideas, these names, uh, the other nice thing is that in Dewey Decimal, when you go to the, usually I think it's called the GN section, graphic novel section, uh, go to the GN section. And what's, what's almost always terribly perplexing and annoying can be very good for new, uh, comics readers, which is this, is that they are in order, uh, by the top, by the top credited, uh, author or, you know, top credited credit, which is usually the writer. So you can go to BEND section and find lots of great Brian Michael Bendis. You can go to the VAUG and find Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, you can certainly go to FRAC, which is a big section at ours, and find some great Matt Fraction comics. Who, whomever you're looking for, no, Noel Stevenson, you know, S-T-E-V. Like, you will go, just go and browse. Look for some of the names. Look for some of the titles. If there's something you love on TV when you were a kid, maybe pull some of those out. Don't worry, you're going to be confused. But it's a nice way to not have to spend any money. It's very unfrustrating. Just go grab 10 of those, uh, check them out, flip through them, see if it's interesting, and you will learn enough to know whether this is something you're interested in. Library. My recommendation this week is the library. Nice. Again. <sighs> can, I, can I move to my next correction? Oh, yeah. My family told me this. I, I, you know, sometimes you ever do is you just say something and it's just wrong and you like should you know it's Like you didn't actually get a cat. You just thought you got a cat. Oh boy, that this is this is the cat thing is getting very very exciting. <laughs> but this is not the podcast where I talk about that. Okay. If you want to hear about my cat, Top Scallops. Oh, nice! Wow, yes, Alexandra uh, Cox. Wow, Dan, I keep what up happened? with you. That's all just, I do is I just keep. Did up with somebody you. prepare this for you? No, I just I'm ready to go this week. Um, this is not to promote this podcast, although I think it is a very fun podcast. But um, basically, the last week's episode and the episode, episode ten. Yeah, thank you. That'll come out uh, today or tomorrow than the uh, episode we recorded uh, yesterday. Uh, has extensive, detailed information about my saga, our family saga, with acquiring a cat and uh, having it find its way in our household. And it's it's actually it's a very it's a very sweet and very riveting story. <laughs> riveting, riveting. It's it sounds sweet, but thing is, thing is with the cat, you don't know what you're gonna get. Especially you adapt a cat that in our case is, is, is really, we, as we've discovered, it's closer to a 10-year-old cat than a 6-year-old cat. Um, it's an old cat. It's a very conservative cat. Maybe, maybe conservative. Like a, a, cruise, a cruise cat. A, a Rubio cat. <laughs> and this cat, it's, it's, so yeah, I'm not going to talk about it here because I talked about it there. I'm going to isolate all of the cat talk to just Top Scallops because mm. they're cat maniacs. And so, you know, you can go How many pictures. cats have you, have you had? Can we go into that? Uh, you, you mean biblically? <laughs> no, I mean as a as an owner yes, of a pet. Ask me how much pussy I've gotten? No, uh, one. Oh, really? I've had I've had one primary cat that I was partly responsible for, 
my lady friend in the 90s and I had a cat that was very sweet. And uh, we had a cat. And then I've had, uh, as I talked about on Top Scallops, I also had uh, two dogs. And then I've lived with a lot of cats, including a cat that used to like to poop on my pillow. Uh, how many you of you, that? when you, you lived with them, you mean like a roommate had them? Yeah, exactly. Or you were sort of shacking up with them? With the cat? Yeah. It's <laughs> a family show, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I moved in with a guy named Tony in 1991. His cat hated me. Uh-huh. It would barf in my shoes and poop on my pillow. And so I would, I would, uh, that's just normal cat behavior that, that might not mean that it hated you. Tony would feed his cat. I've told you the story about Tony, the guy who used to carry the weights over his head and run around the lake, then come home and smoke a cigarette. (laughs) He would eat a can of tuna and he would give his cat a can of tuna and they'd share lunch every day. It was very sweet. So this cat had, had all this, this, uh, you know, the seafood in it, moist, moist seafood. Ah. And it would just come in and drop a deuce right on my pillow. And so if you can imagine like a little, it was like a little brown egg. There'd be like a little poop dollop. Mm Mm-hmm square in the center of my pillow with much purposefulness and then kind of a uh, tan penumbra with, with a liquid through the capillary effect had moved out in a, in a uh, egg white like pattern oh. around the primary poop. So I'm home from work, honey. Ding, ding. Uh, that's all on top scallops. And I'll put those in notes. I've had um, se- seven. I just did a quick count. Seven cats. You're kidding. You've had, se- you've had seven cats? Not simultaneously. Mm-mm. Contiguous cats. Yeah. What, what well, was the, we've, uh, I've had at most, I think, two at one time. Well, let me I'm ask, not bragging. This is not going to be all cat talk, but what was your, let's, let's talk about your first and your last. What was your first cat that you remember? First cat, uh, I, there are pictures of me with, with him. I don't remember him that well, but his name was Bucky and he was an orange tabby. Oh. And uh, his co, cohabitant cat was uh, a black and white cat named Elvira, not Elvira. Mm-hmm. And th- those were sort of the ones that were there when I was very young. And then the most recent cat uh, was Moki, who outlived her brother by about two years. Hmm. Did you enjoy him? The cats? I, yeah. I enjoyed the last two more than any of the ones prior to that. But that was because I was, uh, I think I was in that mode where I was kind of like figuring out if I was ready to be a, a parent. And, oh, and, and, and sort of came to the realization that I was personifying the cats as children. And it told me I probably was ready to be a parent, but I was able to enjoy the company of the animals, despite the horrible, horrible allerg- allergies, uh, that, that they caused me to have. And I enjoyed their company and I, I loved, I loved them very much at the time. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we front about it. But, you know, I go into detail, into detail on the show about this, about my concerns, mainly about the responsibility mm-hmm. factor that this is not a Lego set. This is something that you're going to have to take care of until it becomes a, a burden. You have a, a lovely daughter. That's way more responsibility than the cat. Hmm. They're equally affectionate, <laughs> which is to say not much. Oh, really? Oh, no, they're, they're a good match. <laughs> just Are they affectionate more, with one another and just not with you? Two more dismissive gals in my life. <laughs> um... Uh, well, this is actually, we can't talk about this here. This is not the cat show. This is a source of huge contention because what has happened this week, the revelation from this week is that the cat will now come near us and let us pet her, which is huge. It's just taken two weeks for this to get to this. Yeah. Uh, every night she comes and hangs out with me while I watch movies and the cat and I hang out and I pet her and she, she really, really likes it. As of this morning, my wife who gets up early like an adult, she's out there, you know, having some coffee, enjoying her morning. 
she's now petting the cat. There's only one person in the house who hasn't gotten this. She gets that part of this is by dint of the fact that the cat is a nighttime cat mm-hmm. and she's, my daughter is asleep when the cat gets affectionate. So it was a little bit dramatic this morning. But we're, we're working. I think we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. She ate, she ate twice today. Is that the cat a cat had not been eating at all. I mean, is that a big deal? Oh, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Cats don't eat frequently for a week. A cat won't eat uh, in a new house. And it's uh, dropped a deuce twice on the rug, which I took care of. No problem. And, uh, but it makes a tinkle in the box. It's really cute. Anyway, enough about cats. I, can I, talk, I, have, I mean, I want to, I'm going to have to listen to the you next should, episode. Well, you know what? You should have your PR people contact us to be on Top Scallop. So we'd love to have you on to talk about cats. I don't know anything about that show. I mean, oh, other this, than the, the TV show. I know about the podcast. I don't know about the TV this show. show. is This week's show is, oh boy, are we going to get mail this week? <sighs> from the liberals, from, uh, from, uh, from uh, people who like Top Chef, uh, from people who like uh, Hamilton. Max doesn't like Hamilton. Yeah, actively doesn't like Hamilton. It was a little contentious. Mm. <sighs> you, you, you heard Hamilton? No, I don't know what that means. Okay. So, uh, second correction. This is huge. I don't, this is another one. I don't, the words were coming out of my mouth. I don't know what I was saying. I was totally wrong about how my wife and, and daughter are sorted. Oh, you were? I was, I was diametrically wrong about how they're sorted. I will stand by what I've said, which I am in four out of five, four, four out of five times I've taken the Pottermore sorting yeah. test. I have come out Hufflepuff. They, Gryffindor. Really? Yeah. Which is true. I mean, I think my daughter might try and fake it to get Slytherin, but my, my daughter is, I don't know. I think she's, I think she's not a Hufflepuff. She doesn't work hard enough to be a Hufflepuff. She's, she's probably a Gryffindor. You know, she's been really fortunate and privileged and then uh, likes to lord it over everybody, yeah. which is a typical Gryffindor move. No, it totally is. Isn't that embarrassing that I would get my daughter's alignment wrong? Yeah, I mean, it, well, I would think you would know that because I know how important the, these books and stories are to you. What's your, what would you say your alignment is? Mine is Slytherin. I was going to say, oh yeah, but your D and D. Oh, my D and D alignment. What's your uh, D and D alignment for you as a person? Lawful neutral. Yeah, I think me too. I think I might just be neutral, like the worst. I, I'm just neutral. Like I could be a thief or a fighter. See, from the outside, I would have guessed chaotic neutral. But I'm not. But see, I really benefit from all kinds of stuff that people take care of for me. I think if you take yeah. care of, if you if you rely on people taking care of things for you, you're not that chaotic. This would be a very oh, funny that, Jeff Foxworthy bit from the 90s. This is interesting. If, you, if you're a person who relies on the law, <laughs> keep a burglar out of your house, he might be lawful. <laughs> um, I don't know. So what are the alignment in terms of good and evil? Yes. So we know Palad- and back in the day in AD&D, paladins had to be lawful good. Lawful good. Clerics had to be lawful good. Or could they be lawful evil also? It had to be lawful good, right? I think they had to be, no, no, I don't think, well, I don't think they had to be lawful. Uh, and I think, didn't, don't rangers have to be chaotic? <sighs> nah, I don't remember the ranger rules. I feel like I, I, rangers that I knew were all usually chaotic good. Okay, if you are a, uh, a, a Dungeons and Dragons third edition says that a cleric must be lawful good, neutral good, Lawful good or lawful neutral, but I don't think that's right. You can't be like an anti-cleric? Mm-mm, I don't think so. That's weird. Because I, I kind of like that in, in D&D. Some of the most fascinating characters and not classes exactly, you could be like, I don't know if you could be like an anti-paladin, but the way, you know, you had elves and elves are this and it's like, there's like, you know, Lord of the Rings and then you could have drow elves. And drow elves were so badass. Do you remember them? 
Vaguely, they looked like Nightcrawler. Yeah. They yeah. were those, those dark skin. Oh, yeah. Drowls. drowls were really cool. They were badass. D&D alignment. I don't know. Maybe you're more of a neutral good. I don't know. I don't think I'm good. I think you are. I I try. I'm, I'm can you neutral. can you determine your own alignment though? Or does someone else have to determine? It's it? like calling yourself a poet. You should be allowed to do it. <laughs> Thought leaders, poets, right, and clerics. You might you might be a thought leader. If you've had your PR agency contact somebody about a show you never listened to to be on you, you might be a thought leader. No, I think this. I think I'm reading. Uh, there's a. Oh, they have a test on Wizards of the Coast. A, we- a website called easydamus.com yeah. where they have broken down all of the different Oh, look at that. Char- yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and they actually say, well-known neutral good characters from film or literature include Captain James T. Kirk, Gandalf the Grey, Harry Potter, and Spider-Man. All neutral good. Huh. Wait, so what I'm section is that? What text section is that in the side uh, row? That is on the left-hand side uh, under... The neutral good is what's highlighted there. And then go to commandments. And those are your commandments if you choose to accept them Uh in the show notes. Oh, look at this. This is really, oh God, I'm going to be lost. Yeah, I know. I just found Uh, it too. Oh my goodness. (laughs) A a listener sent me. um, I'm like, have that window for as soon as we're done with the show. That's what I'm doing today. Look at this adventuring society (laughs) philosophy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Lawful, lawful evil. Lawful evil uh, method- methodically takes what he wants within the limits of his code of conduct. Right. Without regard for whom it hurts. Did you ever see the movie True Grit? Yes. What do you think uh, Rooster Cogburn is? Because he's a marshal, mm, yeah. but he plays by his own rules. Yes. But he does seem to have a code. But he's also like, uh, he has no conscience about the people that Did he's killed because he's got his sight down because it's not responding for me anymore. Um, I don't know. No, okay. it's working for me. Finally came Neutral. back. Good. Mr. Cogburn. I don't know. I feel like he, 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 anyone who has a code, mm-hmm. does that, does that mean if they have like, if they have their own code, are they lawful or are they neutral in the first? <sighs> You know what I mean? Like if, if well, you yeah, have a code and, 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 and if your code is, well, I, I only, you know, I only drain the blood of criminals. Like if that's your code, you're still, you know, like you're still doing evil things. So you can't, but you could be lawful, but is it that lawful you have your own code or if you have your own code, are you neutral? Like what's on solo? Yeah. I'm going to say that he's, uh, he seems chaotic, neutral, but he's probably chaotic. Good. Yeah. I mean, eventually. So it says here, uh, lawful characters tell the truth, keep their word, respect authority, honor tradition, and judge those who fall short of their duties. Chaotic characters follow their consciences, resent being told what to do, favor new ideas over tradition, and do what they promise if they feel like it. I think I'm chaotic. That's what I said a minute ago. Yeah. Hmm. Darth Vader and Magneto both listed as lawful evil. Because they got a code. Yeah, they got a code. But they're right. evil. Now, what about thieves? I seem to remember. There is no honor be, among thieves. You remember that no one honor. little drawing? No. Let me see is that in I the book? Now I'm going to try and find it. A listener uh, actually a while back sent me uh, a bunch of books, uh, used wonderful books off of the Amazon. I got a uh, AD&D DM guide they sent me. And uh, the future, uh, we talked about this. 
the Futura, the tiny, tiny, tiny Futura. I can't believe I could ever, I, I read that book covered. I feel like I just, I, that's, that book was like all I did for a year. It's so big. It has so many words in it. It's crazy. I just sent you the, yeah, the, the, the density of those books is insane. Did you see that? Oh, look at that. See? What's I, that from? That's from uh, one of the D&D books. So. Hmm, turns out. Uh, uh, Dan, before the, the, the leaving alignment, uh, could you tell me about something that you like? I would love to tell you about uh, one of our new sponsors, a really cool one that this, I'm, I'm going to try and keep my excitement to a minimum because I just love, love, love this service. I love this sponsor. And I was a customer before uh, they became a sponsor. It's Bench. They're an online bookkeeping service. And I was very skeptical about this. I was came into it kind of thinking to myself, I'll try this, but I don't know. I don't know if do I well, do I trust people over the internet? Can I use a, a a company to manage something that's so critical to even though I'm a very, you know, run a very small business, like the accounting is an important part of it. And I have a people who do my taxes at the end of the year, but that month to month, day to day kind of accounting stuff, I absolutely hate it. I don't like to look at my credit card and say, oh, well, this router from Amazon goes in this category and enter it into this. And I don't like to do any of that kind of stuff. I don't like to keep track of it. I don't like to balance checkbooks, but this is critical stuff. Even if you run a small business, a big one, it gets even more important, but it's it's just absolutely frustrating and, and I don't like it. And I didn't, uh, didn't want to do it anymore. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try. I will try this. I will, out, I will outsource it to a company because what appealed to me about Bench is that they actually, it's not just like it goes out into the, the cloud and it's mysterious. There are real people who work there. They're employees of the company. They have a small team of people uh, who work with you and support you. And it's, it's personal in a way that almost nothing seems personal in the, on the internet in the present day. And, and that's what really impressed me about it. They have people who call you, they schedule calls around your schedule to be like, let's have our first call. And I'm like, Oh, this wow. is, is going to suck. Like, I'm like, this, this call is going to suck. I just, I'm dreading it. Finally, they call and they're like, no big deal. I, and here's the cool part. Whoever built the system, the people they have who built it, they know that people hate this. So they make everything really, really easy to set up, really, really easy to put your info in there. And they connect to your bank so that they can automatically get the transactions from it. They can uh, they connect. If you do a lot of stuff on PayPal, they can connect to your PayPal account. If you do payroll, they can connect to your payroll system. If they do, you know, if you do invoicing, like they tie, they tie into everything. And then at the end of the month, they give you this beautiful, clean statement that explains everything. And they send it all to your accountant or whoever at the end of the year when you're doing your taxes or they just send it to you and you do your own, like whatever you want. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy this. And it's all like super secure encrypted, 256 bit encrypted stuff. Uh, you can just email them and ask them uh, a question and they answer it, or you can t call them up and talk to your person that's dedicated to you. Like it's, I just can't say enough good stuff about this. And, uh, and I really, really like it. Uh, it's, it's one of those few companies who just, they care so much about quality. They're doing it right. And, uh, and the way that you, the way you get started with them is th there's a free trial and they're going to get 20% off, uh, the first six months of using bench, uh, by being a back to work listener. So there's a URL that'll be in the show notes, but it's bench.co slash partner slash back to work. 
go there, you'll get 20% off. And how much you spend is, is really clear. It's basically how many bank accounts and credit cards that you have. Like, that's how much you spend. The numbers are right there. It's not a mysterious thing. And, and it's saving us hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month over what we were paying for, like, an old-fashioned bookkeeper to do it. So I love this company. Really cool. Bench.co slash partner slash back to work. Go check them out. Thanks very much to them for supporting the show. Yeah. Spending money on stuff that you aren't good at and don't like doing is, is a good way to spend money. Yes. Well said. Thank you to uh, Bench. Bench. Oh, I'm, I'm getting distracted here because I'm looking at the next piece of follow up. Uh, last week, I referenced that joke about uh, searching for your lost keys under the lamppost because the light's better there. Ah. And uh, I put a link in notes to uh, Quote Investigator, which is, you know, one of those things I follow. I, follow. I like to follow these sites that go and try to track down the source of a quote. Um, no, it probably wasn't Mark Twain, just so you know. <laughs> Whatever you heard, it <laughs> just probably start wasn't there. Mark Twain. Start there. If you don't know who did the song, it was probably the Beatles. And if you can't identify the quote, either Thomas Jefferson or Mark Twain. You got the thing is you've got Kurt Vonnegut, Mark Twain, and Oscar Wilde. Like, oh who all, yeah, who all said so many witty things <laughs> that you know they end up getting attributed to them. But um, anyway, uh, this, so this this tries to track down the source of that. But also, I, I ended up here because I I saw I think probably one of the best known examples of this, which is a Mutt and Jeff comic from 1942 <laughs> that will be in show notes. That's uh, really cool. Um, I dropped it two blocks down the street. Then why are you looking for it here? Because the light is better here. And then there, there's a cop with, with a question mark over his head because he's confused. I've had that feeling a lot. I sometimes mm-hmm. feel like there's a question mark perpetually over my head. <laughs> and stress lines. <laughs> Ack! Irving hasn't called. Ack! You, you ever enjoyed Kathy when you were younger? Kathy, yes. Kathy was good. What was so the one? Trying, trying on swimsuits. Family, family circle. Oh, family circus. Circus. Not me. The little picture, the little round. Yeah, we always in college. We always used to call it the family carcass. We like to cut them out and put our own captions on them. Garfield. Garfield, sure. He he uh, he, he hates Mondays and loves lasagna. And uh, he has an arch adversary, which is the 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 anti Garfield, who loves Mondays and hates lasagna. He's a drow elf, drow cat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Has a little black mustache. <laughs> um, <sighs> did you? Uh, let's not talk about this quite yet. But did you do anything more with your TV setup? Uh, I complained about it to my family a lot. All right, I, I follow up on that from suggestions for people. I actually, bought I read a lot. Oh, you bought a thing? Yeah. Okay, What's I read the, a lot about that. The HD home run connect, home run, connect. Home run extend. Yeah. Yeah. I got one of those. Okay. Oh, I must hear it. Must hear okay. it. Um, so let's get to some uh, some follow-up here. First of all, I want to... These are things like we don't need to, to talk about, but I wanted to... Uh, I thought it'd be nice to just say thank you to people who wrote us nice notes. Uh, so I want to say thanks to listeners, uh, Andrew, Tony, Richard A, last name withheld, <laughs> listener Roar, Robert, Lawrence, and Jim. Thank you to all of you who wrote in and uh, sent us nice notes. Um um, substantial things to answer to. Uh, did you, I don't know. Did you see the exchange about Stephen Fry? Yes, I did. I feel like we should at least mention this. Yes. Uh, this is listener. Um, mm, mm, you're mm. seeing if you can David, say the listener yeah. David. Yeah. Listener David. Uh, and I don't have the note in front of me, but basically listener David wrote in to say, you know, all the stuff you said about Stephen Fry and his, you know, rage quit of Twitter last week. Like, are you taking into account his very well-known 
struggles with bipolar disorder. Uh, to which I, I, as I said in that note that you saw, uh, if I must have known that he w- ha- was public with bipolar. I must have heard that at some point. Um, I did. I did not know that. But ever since our conversation about uh, Robin Williams, uh, it seems like there is this very interesting connection between depression or, or bipolar and people who are really, really funny. Um, I've, I've read about that so that it doesn't surprise me, but I, I didn't know that. Well, I mean, I, I feel like I want to say I didn't know that, but it seems improbable that in the years that I've on and off been kind of uh, following Stephen Fry's stuff, I can't believe I wouldn't know that, but particularly to last week's episode where we talked about sort of, you know, how he was behaving with quitting Twitter and my own remarks on that. Uh, I just want to say if I did know that, I I either didn't remember it, but in particular, I was absolutely not taking that into account in discussing um, his the uh, the way he was handling Twitter and leaving Twitter and making a big show about it. Um, so anyway, I I I am very I don't know exactly how to put this. I there's some combination of like privacy and good taste that makes me reluctant to talk too much about the perceived or real uh, health, physical, mental, or otherwise of living people. I feel kind of weird about. Mm trying to use that in my reckon about why they do what they do. Right. With that said, yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, there's, you don't need to be bipolar to quit Twitter, but it helps. No, but uh, there, there's lots of reasons. The thing that, and just what I said to, to listener David, who I, we had a very nice exchange with, I, he was, it was a very smart note and he had a nice couple of exchanges. So thank you for that thought provoking um, note, Dave. What, what I said to him, and I'll say here at the risk of, uh, you know, getting some people mad. The two things that, that frustrated me, as a, as a fan of Stephen Fry and seeing how he handled that, there are two things that, and I'm going to touch a third rail here, is that, you know, we people who are at least fortunate and probably very privileged have gotten a lot of education in the last few years about how much stuff we just get away with or how much stuff we just get for free, how many passes we get in life because of how we happen to be born, circumstances that had very little to do with our own volition or skills and a lot to do with, you know, as they say, you know, being born on third and thinking you hit a triple. And so, you know, Stephen Fry, who I really, really like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've loved him since the eighties. I really, I think he's terrific and he's a great guy and I, I'm not trying to slag on him, but there's two things about his apparent tone deafness to this that I found frustrating. And one is that he has to, something we talked about here on here, Dan, is remember that you've got the canon. So if you're somebody who has a big following, or as we say today, lots of followers, you have a signal that is very heavily amplified so that you know, it's easy for any of us to get frustrated about being misunderstood or misinterpreted. I find it extremely frustrating and I am so simpatico with him on that. Sometimes, especially when people willfully try to misunderstand a person or turn them into a straw man. And what is a straw man? A straw man argument is when you make a more argument, uh, when you basically construct someone else's argument in a way that you can beat whether or not it is what that person actually said. That's the classic straw man argument. And I think that happens a lot. But the two things I think... You know, he, he's certainly, maybe he's got bipolar. He's, he's certainly an out gay man who's had a lot of struggles with the homophobia in mm-hmm. life. Setting all that aside, though, he's a white guy who grew up with a fair amount of dough and went to Cambridge. And that puts him in a position that most other people are not. And I think it helps to be aware uh, that when you are in that kind of position, it, 
I'm not saying you have to edit yourself necessarily, but I think it helps to be aware about how, how things that you say can and will be perceived, just as we all should, but you especially should mm. because you get away with so much. We get away with so much because of that. The other part of it is, is that he is an intellectual and a comedian and a satirist. He is somebody who takes, as they say in England, takes the piss out of people for a living. His, his, like what he's great at is poking holes in pom- public pomposity. He's great at that. And I, I guess I felt like he was not getting as good as he gives. And that, I don't know if that's exactly accurate, but that's how it felt. And that combination of those two things both gave me kind of, kind of an icky feeling yeah. in a way that made me uncomfortable specifically because I really like him. It doesn't surprise me when Donald Trump says something dumb because that's his stock and trade. But, you know, <laughs> I, I hope that he, I hope Stephen Fry ends up feeling better and coming back at some point because he's a wonderful public figure. The world is better for having people like Stephen Fry in it. And I hope that his feelings about how that went, don't get in the way of him being able to continue participating in the public discourse, even if it's something as stupid as Twitter, because he's great. So that's, that's all I wanted to say. So, you know, I guess I don't want to say I apologize about not, not talking about bipolar, but I feel like that's a little bit off limits for trying to, I don't want people doing that to me. I don't want to do it to them. I hate when people guess why people do what they do or guess how people are, how they are, because it puts, puts one in the position of then feeling like you need to defend something or explain something, whether or not it's true, whether or not it's real, and whether or not it's anybody else's goddamn business. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, but thank you to listener David for that note. Did you have any thoughts on this? No, I can't add anything to that. Um, lots of, lots more uh, little bits of follow up here. Uh, just, just kind of do just a couple more before yeah, we get to course. the uh, other. Okay. So listener Jim, a lot of people, um, I, I, I was, uh, I'll say, I was kind of, kind of proud of our discussion last week uh, of outing ourselves as terrible people who are riddled with self-doubt about how to raise a child in yeah. the digital age. I think we uh, ended up working through some interesting, um, complex feelings and how we try to deal with them. And while we certainly got nowhere near resolution, I think at least we, we both had some moments and some thought-provoking things to say to each other about that. So anyway, I thought last week's episode, we were on a pretty good run these days, don't you think? Yes, I definitely do. Except for the whole Ed Brubaker thing. That's just a black eye. I can't believe that. Um, Listener Jim writes to say, thanks for an amazing show. Uh, Regarding episode 259, just wanted to direct you toward Jane McGonigal's research on the benefits of gaming. For instance, she comments on the neurological benefits of playing Tetris for people with uh, PTSD. Also, Candy Crush, beneficial in raising the dopamine levels, helping people to quit smoking or lose weight. Uh, Thank you, listener Jim. I... I've heard of Jane McGonigal. I know she's crazy smart and uh, she's like a, a new kind of brainiac about something we're just starting to understand. I don't know F all about this topic, but I, I do I do take that. And I think it's it's very interesting. I I feel like before I started to try to look at the iPad as something therapeutic, I would want some more data. See also, you know, the, the, the varying things people say about mindfulness and meditation and yeah. like what it's actually good for. Is it a placebo effect? Who knows? I would not want to say to somebody, go get an iPad if you've got ADD because it'll raise your dopamine levels. <laughs> I think a walk in the woods might do you better, but yeah. uh, I, I know that she's very interesting and you all, y'all might want to go check out what Jay McGonigal has done and said because I know she's a real smarty pants. Have you thought any more about the iPad and computer stuff? Yeah, it's something that I have thought about. I haven't really implemented any changes or anything but it's it what's fascinating to me is that my son who's eight and my daughter who's four my son uses and loves the ipad it's it's a a big part of his day you know even if it's only an hour of his day or an hour and a half of his day that's a very very important hour to him and the games that he really likes to use they definitely have him 
you know, the, the, the techniques that someone like you and I might say, oh, you know, the only reason that they make you wait 24 hours to get those coins or why they give you free coins every day is to keep you playing it every day. And, uh, you know, like we, we see that and he sees it too, but he doesn't care. So like he'll, he like eagerly looks forward to those five new coins that come into the game or whatever, uh, that'll be there the next day. And he will check back and load the app and click the tap the thing to get the coins and I don't like that because I feel like it's taking advantage of kids and it is kind of an addictive behavior or kind of encourages that type of thinking. So that that's the part of it that I don't like so much. Uh, and I, what's interesting is that he is, like I was saying, that he's very interested in, in the iPad, really, really likes it. And my daughter, for her, it's much more of like a, if... If there's an iPad there and I'm not really doing anything else and I'm not, you know, playing in the real world or doing something with a person and I'm just sort of bored, like I might use the iPad. That's kind of how how her mm-hmm. philosophy is. And she's and, more it sounds like she's more hands on, imaginative stuff. Yeah, definitely. I I don't know if I sent you that picture of her with her dollhouse, but she can. We got her this this. It was affordable, but this is gigantic dollhouse that took hours to assemble and she just loves it this it is her favorite thing every there's she's it's so much imaginative play and time spent with it and and she'd pick that over the ipad in in a heartbeat and i don't really know why other than the fact that they're two completely different people but i i you know it's interesting to me that he just this is something he really really connects with and I also feel like you know if if he connects with it and gets so much enjoyment out of it and there is a lot of enjoyment there why would I want to take that away or or extremely limit that? He has way more fun with the iPad than I ever had watching TV and way more than he does watching TV. So I don't I don't really know. Mm-hmm. No no decisions have been made though. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you know me. Like I I feel like sometimes lacking a decisive answer and how often is a decisive answer really that useful Mm -hmm. or real lacking a decisive answer. Sometimes you just get to ask better questions. And so that's why I think even, you know, and one of the million things I've learned from John Syracuse is like, you can always ask a better question. And so like clarifying your own, um, thoughts, feelings, potential biases, you know, um, you know, residual brain garbage from previous ages, all that kind of stuff that you haven't really fully examined. I, you know, I think that can be useful. It's funny, um, I'm just looking at the page for this thing that it's, we were talking about how it's, how weird it is. Like, oh, I feel like my kid was kind of reading a little bit with effort for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then like I ripped Van Winkled it and like woke up and like now <laughs> she reads almost everything that I put in front of her. Or she like, we'll look at, for example, my friend uh, Adam uh, has a great site uh, called Ape Lad. And if you've ever seen the wonderful drawings that he does, Ape Lad has done he did the Laugh Out Loud Cats. He does all those wonderful shirts. He he wrote, I think he wrote the Disney Infinity stuff for Inside Out. He writes a lot of games. And he's just, he's brilliant. But he one of my favorite things Adam does as Ape Lad is he, it's just such a complicated joke, I can't even explain it. But he has this like third order in-joke comic strip he did for a while. Um, I think it's called The Lloyd Cats. And it's kind of an offshoot of the Laugh Out Loud Cats the law cats, the laugh out loud cats, oh, the Lloyd cats. Yeah. And it's Lloyd and Linda and they're two cats and Lloyd hates the cat. And my daughter will just sit there and we'll just read, uh, God bless you, Adam. We'll just sit and like yesterday, we just sat and read almost every one of these, like a hundred of these and just read them. And she just, she just, she just reads them. And I, I don't know exactly how that happened, but like, you know, sitting there and looking at comics that my friend wrote on an iPad, like that feels good. Yeah. 
And you talked also about that spontaneous thing of like the quiet time at night to read. Right. How weird it is that all of a sudden your kid just wants to read a book. And it's like, wow, I thought this was supposed to be harder. You know, I, I went, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And it, it's I, the Rip Van Winkle thing is so true. It's like one day I went to bed and he's like, reading. I don't think I'm not going to read anything. I'm going to break stuff. Yeah. And then the next day, like, it's all about reading and to try and encourage him because I, I basically told him, you know, all the time, he's like, Dad, can I, can I have, can I have $5? I'm like, no. He's like, but I need it. I'm like, why? He's like, I need it before the end of the day. I'm like, well, you're not getting it. What do you need it for? And he's like, in my game, I can get this bundle that has these tokens. And I'm like, no, we're definitely not getting that. But then uh, he'll say, well, Dad, you know, can I can I get a new book? I'm like, yeah, we'll definitely get you a new book. You know, you, I'll always encourage you to read. And the ones that yeah, I, I would love to hear what your daughter's reading in addition to this. But he's really into a recommendation from Andy Anako, uh Bone. You ever read the? Uh, yeah, yeah. Somebody actually sent me the giant ass copy of that and I haven't read it oh, yet. Oh, like the, the, the one with all of the. It's really, really thick and big. It's, uh, okay. it's almost like a brick. That that. That's a little intimidating. I got them the volumes independent individually. So like bone volume one, two, three, four, five, I think there's nine. Um, but uh, those are much more manageable for a, for a child, I would think to hold, uh, but really, really fun. And he, you know, he reads, he's like, I'm done. I'm done. I read that. I read the whole thing. I'm like, wow. He loves it. Like my kid reads. It's the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. What is she reading? Well, one thing in passing, another pseudo correction uh, about uh, Amulet. I'm looking at it right uh, now, Firelight, yeah. Amulet number seven. It does not come out next month. It is out for delivery today. <gasps> so you can go and buy Amulet seven today, Ooh. which has been hotly awaited in our family for quite a while. Uh, they just they just started um, Order of Phoenix the other night. So I don't know if they'll jump to Amulet, but they both love that. Uh, but what I was going to mention, though, is that in talking about the technology stuff and where this stuff gets confusing is like, okay, so you just had this, this anecdote about your kid asked for money. Well, what for? Right. Because I have to come in and decide whether that's good because I'm a parent and that's my job. And sure, that's what we do. But the other night also, she's like, can I just, can I, uh, can I uh, play on the iPad? And you know, usually my, my main thing with the iPad is it's, it's sort of like, I, it's, how can I put this? All I know is an itch that I get. So like, for example, if she wants, if she's finished her homework and it's 4.30 or 5 and she wants to play whatever on the iPad, I'm mm-hmm. really fine with that. Yeah. Um, if we're already watching a TV show that is animated, <laughs> number two, it's almost bedtime. We're in like watching the last thing we're going to watch on TV for the evening. And she asks to play like Card Wars on the iPad. That's when I get the itch a little bit for sure. And go like, no, that's, that's too much. First of all, we don't like to watch an animated thing right before bed. This could be like the whole sugar myth in my head, but I think that makes kids a little spazzy at bedtime. And uh, that, so I'll say no. But like, like you know, uh, the other night she's like, can I uh, look at the iPad? I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And you know what she did? She opened an app that um, uh, she learned about at school that lots of the kids in her class use, which is called Raz Kids. Are you familiar with this? No, I haven't heard of this. Uh, I think it's, there's probably a lot of things like this, but it's basically it's an online reading app with lots of books in it. And it's, it reminds you a little bit of SRAs. I don't know if you ever had those when you were a kid, but where you like read a module and answer some questions yes. and you kind of level up from like red to purple kind of. That, yes, that's the SRA reading laboratory. And they were yeah. these like organized like, uh, like boxes that, that and they were so, yeah, you start yeah. with red, yep. you go through orange, you get to yellow. Yeah. And even though I was a really good reader, I feel like I was stuck in green forever. While all the like the smart girls were on purple and I was <laughs> so envious. But no, you know what she wanted to do? Yeah, I think she probably played a little bit of Card Wars or a little bit of the cat game that whose name I can never remember. 
Boy, she's got a lot of cats in that game. And then she uh, she just started reading Raz Kids, where my wife informs me that she's at the end of the run, Ooh. basically. She's in the equivalent of the purple cards at this point. Again, Rip Van Winkle. So that that's that's your kid with the idiot box, right? Is that she, she's looking forward to using the iPad to catch up on her reading, her elective reading for class. So I, I guess that's a little bit of a brag. It's not so much a brag as a like, oh gosh, this is complicated. It would actually be per per last week. It would actually be so much easier if it was just a pit of snakes, and you knew that your kid doing that was a bad thing. If we could just treat iPads like, uh, like big league chew, and just know that there's everything about this is wrong and terrible. You know, fake chewing tobacco as gum, probably not good for kids. Yeah. It'd be nice if we could write off these devices that easily, but I really, I think it is very, uh, now I might be making the straw man here, but I, I think that's a terrible idea. Um, but to your other point, uh, I don't do that many creepy things with my kid. I mean, in the sense of like spying on her stuff, like I just, I don't, I think that's weird and gross. Tell you what I do do sometimes is after she's been playing games, like on a Saturday, she's played games for like an hour, hour and a half. I will sometimes double click on the home button and go back to see like, what has she been playing? Mm -hmm. And sometimes what I'll end up in is Safari where I cannot believe how many ads, uh, attempts or like to like log into something. Yes. Attempts to buy something Mm -hmm. and vid and you know, videos are up. It's well, there'll just be tabs and tabs and tabs of stuff where I I don't doubt for a second that she clicks on things because it's in the game. But I have to imagine a lot of that it was not intentional or that there was a cookie being dangled. That stuff grosses me out. It really does. And it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And I my kid, I did the thing you can go into restrictions and like block what website Safari can open and things like that. And he figured out, I don't know how he did it, through one of his games. There's some kind of built in browser that goes just to YouTube or something, but now he's just on there watching YouTube videos through the game, even though I I thought that I had blocked the whole thing. He found a way around it. And, you know, and, and how do I know it? Well, he's sitting there at dinner. He's like, uh, and he'll, I, I'm trying to think of, a, of, of the real life example, but I, well, I, uh, where's, well, a big one for what it's worth. that it was really popular with my kid. I think for a lot of kids was where's my water or later, where's my Perry. It was like this Disney game yeah. where it's a really cool game. Where, do you remember this? You would, you dig like there's water shooting down and it's, you have levels with the little so, uh, alligator guy. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I remember and there's that. characters and, the videos are like a reward. Like you, when you get to a certain level, you get to watch a video. And so partly that's confusing for me, my position in this, because it's one thing for me to say, you know, I try not to be too precious about this, but I say like, okay, it's okay. If you want to play Minecraft or you want to play card wars, or you want to play the cat game or any of these other ones, like that's cool. But then she goes and clicks to look, look at a video totally naturally. Yeah. And like now she's watching videos and now that's a different thing. Yeah. And that's where I feel a little bit like, Oh, you know, that's not, totally cool yeah do you do you do do much with monitoring website stuff yeah i mean i thought that i had turned it all off but he found a way around he's like dad you ever do you know anything about slender man i'm like where are you watching this and he's like i i just heard about it i'm like from where he's like i don't know i'm like you heard about it from something and you watched a youtube video on it he's like yes you know like i catch him in it you know i'm like how are you doing youtube he's like well, I found a way to get into, he admits it all. You know, I've got to catch him before he admits it. But I don't like that. I want to, I want to limit that. Like it, it's not, he, he, he can swear like a sailor now. Yeah. Oh God. I have, I have taught her too well. It's so bad. It's, it's on us as the dads. You know what I mean? They hear it from us. They learn it from us. And, uh, and he, and the first time he did, I said, listen, 
I said, first of all, never talk like that. I yeah, said, in, inside words. Right. I said, second of all, if you ever talk at school like that and they ask you where you heard it and you say me, I said, but you're, there's going to be a problem when you get home. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even, I think I'm not even going to let her watch season two of Deadwood. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> just, just kidding. But he, he can do it. And so finally, I just said, to, I just compromised with him. I said, look, when it's just me and you, you can say whatever you want, but don't let yeah, mom Yeah, mine gets a budget. She yeah. Gets a budget. She, she gets a budget of, there's a certain inside words. <laughs> and what's, I'll tell you, it's the sweetest thing. I know it's horrible because I'm sure I'm the only person in the world that has ever had a child that curses sometimes for effect. Uh, and actually, I, my cursing has been hugely curtailed at home. I used bitch as a verb last night uh-huh. and she, she totally gave me the look. She's uh. like, yeah. I said, oh, you know, you know me, I'm always bitching about something. And, uh, but what was the one? It's so, I mean, like, this is such a dumb parent story, but like, I told you the one where like, she was, she was trying to explain something. She was counting on her fingers. Did I tell you the story? She's mm-hmm. counting on her fingers going like one, two, three. And she's extended her middle finger and she goes, oh, I'm not doing that because I'm mad at you. <laughs> Just because she happened to have her middle finger extended. That's so cute. So cute. Or she goes. She'll just, she'll like ask permission in, in, in telling a story. She'll ask permission to, to use her budget. She'll be like, can I say, I was like, just say fluff, just say fluff, fluff you. Um, I think that's almost all for that, except what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a real, I don't know. It's a thistle. Anyway, check out last week's episode. Check out all the great shows. All, all the great shows. The great shows. Somebody, who was I talking to? Oh, it was, I think Max and Alex were talking about episode three of Roadwork, which is still maybe one of the hardest times I've laughed hardest at John Roderick. I don't know if you remember this episode. It's the one where John, I declare this mall officially open. Yes, that's so good. Oh my God. <laughs> Stretch it out. Stretch it out. <laughs> oh, we'll put, yeah, put that in show notes for people. Sure. Uh, to enjoy. Dan? Yeah, Dan. In as much as you're uh, com- comfortable saying, or or in terms of your uh, NAS uh, clearances, you're able to say where where would people find uh, the show notes for episode uh, two diggity sixty of your back to work program? Five by five dot tv slash b to the number w slash two six zero. And uh, I want to I want to ask. I have a little request. We've been getting so many great emails. And I want them to continue and it would really help me because of all of my little email, uh, like, uh, tweaks and customizations and scripts and little rules and stuff. If you left the subject line the way that it is when you click the link on the contact page, uh, this is a little bit of a nitpick, but it really, really tremendously helps me keep track. A lot of people do it. But you don't track people, by just the B2W? No, I suppose that I could, but I've... That's I, what I do. I use it. At, there's a visual thing that I also do sometimes at just a scanning technique that I'm mm-hmm. working on. But Can you check out that functionality or is it opening inside their local browser or local web mail app? Yeah, they're changing it by manually if and when it changes. But there's oh, not see. many people that are that are guilty of this horrible crime. Well, it's, it's, just, not, it's not guilty. I mean, like I would consider that a very thoughtful thing to make the correct subject line but i take your point yeah um this is a good point for you to tell me about something else that you like sure i could do that i could tell you even about smile smile these folks are uh, working hard on a piece of software called pdf pen which is essentially it is a swiss army knife 
for PDFs. Pretty much do anything you want. They also have something called PDF Pen Pro. And that you can think of that as the knife with so many tools it can barely fit in your pocket. They have all the standard tools. Things like you want to do every day. Add a signature to a PDF. But you can do way more than that. You can edit text. You can edit images. You can perform my favorite thing. Best thing in the world. OCR on a scanned document and convert it into something where you can actually search the text and do something meaningful with it. You can export all of this stuff into uh, Microsoft Word. It's just uh, everything you want to do. And have you ever had it like a doctor or someone will say, oh, well, we need you to fill out this form and I'll email it to you. And they email it to you and you open the form and they're like, well, just fill it out right there. And it doesn't work or you can't, you can't Ugh. fill it out. It, it, like there's a date field, but it won't let you, you write always into get the it date when you're field. Away from your, you get it when you're away from your computer. That's Ex- always when you receive it. Yes. And this, what, what, what PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro does is it, it lets you do this pretty much from anywhere, anywhere in the whole entire world. Uh, I want you guys to all go and check this out. Check out the features that are here. Uh, and you can even try a, a free demo download if you want. The URL to go to for all of this, to learn more about all of it, is smilesoftware.com. And you can just go, they made a big URL for smilesoftware.com slash B2W, where they're talking all about well, you can get done with PDF Pen. So go and check it out. They've got cool videos up there. They've got uh, got everything. So it's just a wonderful app. I don't know how people survive without it. You can get PDF Pen for pretty much every every platform. Do you have anything you'd like to add for that? Or, or have I nailed it? Yeah, you know, you always nail it. Um, I, I, I never know how to put this because it sounds like damning with faint praise. But, you know, you'll often hear me say, for example, that I... Love and continue to use OmniFocus because it takes care of all the stuff I never want to have to think about. Like it, it, that's what makes that app valuable to me. Uh, with PDF Pen, same thing. It's like it's right there when I need to handle the kind of stuff that drives me bananas. So I often end up opening that app because I'm frustrated, but I leave very happy and sated because it did exactly the thing that it needed to do, right. and it's worth every nickel. Right. I mean, if you're if you're if you're a grown ass adult with a job and you need to deal with PDFs, you need to get this PDF no, no, Pen. No complaining or, or no B word. No B gerund about this. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> fuck, fuck. Mm. Look at the thing I sent you in the, uh, in the, in the robot. In the, okay. Hold on. The other robot. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to. Aw. This is how sweet Adam is. Because I told Adam, Adam Coford, I told him, uh, a.k.a. Ape Well, first of all, uh, oh, thank you. Listen- that's, that's so cute. Thank you, listener Craig. Thank you very much. You're right. Lowell Cats is the uh, name of it. And it's, it's Lloyd and Linda. And, uh, and Lloyd really hates the cats and the cats hate Lloyd. <laughs> and so I'd mentioned to him that this particular, uh, this will be in show notes, that this particular, uh, low cats was our favorite. And, uh, he sent me, this is actually a scan of it because I wanted to keep the original nice with the blue lines and everything. Look at that. He sent us the original drawing in with his pen that he made and Eleanor made a frame That's for amazing. it. Amazing. Isn't that sweet? That's and then, awesome. and look, it says to Eleanor. How sweet oh, is that? And then how about that? How about that rocket and Groot? That's a good one. He's, you got to go check him out. He's, he, he does these hilarious, these wonderful shirts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Love it. <sighs> yeah, you know, I was talking to, uh, on the Twitter this morning, I was talking to, I think, Robert Wilson. R. Wilson? Well, you're from uh, B-Word Planet. Oh. Uh, Robert Wilson. Is he Robert Wilson the fourth? You ever, you ever look at the Moebius? You ever look at his stuff? The strip? The guy, yeah, the strip. The, the guy who did, I guess, he's well known for almost, <laughs> I mean, he was involved in the Jodorowsky Dune project. 
He did a lot of the drawings for that. He also did like that amazing Silver Surfer back in the day, but he's this French artist. Oh, just I know who you're talking about. He those it, tiny, tiny little lines. Right. That guy. Yeah. The Dune, the Dune uh, movie that was going to come out. Can you imagine all that firepower? Chris Foss doing the spaceships, those, those Bumblebee spaceships and oh my God. That, you know, uh, that, that documentary got so much attention when it came out, but I'm just going to recommend it again if you haven't seen it. My goodness. What's the uh, name Jod- of it? I'll put it in. The- Jodorowsky's Dune. And uh, it's a really, it's a, I mean, I don't know. I like to make this distinction sometimes. Like it's, it's, it's a very entertaining, very good movie and very well-made movie. It's like, it, it's a good documentary. Is it Moebius? Is that how you pronounce it? But I was like, having an exchange with him today about that. Like, God, when you see like good illustrations by people, you, in my words, like that, that it's not mimetic, but it's meant to like imply reality with a certain kind of style. And Moebius really does that. Or Mobius, is that how you say it? Mo- yeah, I thought. Moebius. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. It's a single Moebia. Um, Tangerine Dream, Gong, Mike Oldfield, Pink Floyd, Magma. Oh. They're going to have H.R. Geiger, Chris Foss. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I follow I follow a Tumblr that's almost nothing but Chris Foss spaceships. Really? It's, oh yeah. No. Oh, seventies. What's it called? Oh God, Dan, you would love this. You look at Tumblr sometimes, right? Love Tumblr. 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 Love it. Oh look at the funny oh, look at the that. Funny look at that. I put up. There's one I follow. Um, Is it sci-fi spaceships at Tumblr? Yeah, or? I think that's probably it. Wait, wait here's one. Here's one. Seventies sci-fi art is one that I follow. Um, what's this one? Comic Queens. That's really good. Yeah, I'm not going to have any productivity the rest of the day after this show today. Uh, it's just all, and then like, there's one that's like, they put out just lots, lots of like paperback book covers from 70s sci-fi novels and which I find. Oh no, this is it. This is it yeah. for me today. Try Marvel 1980s too. <laughs> there's always something good here. Awkward stock photos. That's one I Send like Send me a some lot. of these, please. I would love 70s to. 70s sci-fi art. Um, Put you in a better mood. My favorite, all-time favorite, Sean Howe, the guy who wrote the Marvel Marvel Comics Untold story. You got that book, right? Oh, look at these. Oh, no. you did. I'm screwed now. Done. You're done. Cash it in. Oh, this it's is so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a nice thing to just see kind of pop up sometimes. Oh, wow. What else? Here's somebody who posts nothing but animated GIFs of Miyazaki uh, scenes. Um, anyway, this is called Tumblr. And uh, for all of you out there, you should check out Tumblr. It's uh, what the kids are doing now. Oh, look at that. Fetus party. Fetus. Fetus party. Huh. Look at that. Uh, Bristol Board. That's another good one. Bristol Board. Lots of good comic stuff. Um, I recommend, uh, my recommendation today is the internet. Ape Lad. Ape Lad. What else we got here? Do you want to talk? What else we got? Let's see if there's any other... Oh, yeah, this is a funny one from listener Dan. I feel like we have to mention this because it was a very funny email that uh, I, some of my favorite notes that I get from people on Twitter and email are people who are writing, uh, people who obviously enjoy the thing that I'm involved with, but are also screaming at, back at the radio the whole time. <laughs> like, I love those kinds of notes. So listener Dan, uh, I think it's okay to read this. Yeah, um, I think so. Long time listener, first time jackal. I'm an instructional technology and media specialist at NYU, and I've worked previously as a technology teacher and coordinator in K-8 school. Your last show drove me completely insane in that nerdy way where you hear question after question, you want to yell answers at. The voices in your headphones before they say, I don't know one more time, and you decide to write an email instead. 
So he was telling us he wants to bring us up to speed on uh, on stuff that we might want to know about technology and its use in education. Is it okay if I read a few yeah, of these bullets? Yeah, no, this is good. Uh, I'll give you some answers for show notes. Uh, listener Dan. Uh, yes, many of us still use videos in class and use the pause feature to explain important information. Mostly though, we, <laughs> instead of a movie projector right. or a VCR, mostly though, we assign videos as homework or show shorter pre-edited videos or PowerPoints. We don't just use whiteboards. We use digital projectors and large touch screens along with both digital and dry erase pens for marking up. Uh, three, when I was teaching almost two years ago now, my students used either laptops or iPads in most classes. Okay, remember, this is K-8 we're talking yeah, about. Yep. Interesting. Um, four, textbook companies like Scholastic have tons, tonnes, I guess he's English, uh, tonnes of uh, digital content available. We do struggle with getting stuff from different publishers all aligned the same way. Next, none of it is a replacement for hands-on activity. Um, Merlin is completely right for keeping curriculum varied to make school fun and meaningful. You guys are helping me be a better dad. Thank you, Dan. That was a great note. We should have him on as a guest. I, I again. I, I, I want to mention this again. Follow Fraser Spears. Follow Fraser Spears on Twitter and listen to his uh, show uh, with Federico called Canvas, because he's really he's he's way deep on the technology end of uh, stuff in schools. And so, as with anybody, like in, in our case, Dan and I, you and I, you know, in different ways, we're power users of certain kinds of devices where you need it to work a certain way, even yeah. though you're kind of an edge case. And yes. that's really true for somebody like Fraser, where like you're you're deploying stuff to kids in yes. a school. So many constraints and limitations and rules and like, just imagine all the like contingency plans you have to have for if you discover something that's not working the way you expected, you know? And like, uh, such an interesting topic to me. So thank you to uh, listener Dan. I appreciate the note. I always, whenever I think about something like that, I'm always kind of reminded of a conversation I had when I went to, uh, I went to visit Twitter. This was like, two or three years ago. And I was, I said as a joke, I jokingly was there with a couple of the people because they were the ones that built or were building the mobile app, the Twitter mobile app. I'm like, now I got a bone to pick with you guys. Uh, we, the app has to have this, it has to have this, it doesn't do this right. It doesn't, and it was a joking way. And they were laughing and they said, you know, we, we know, we know. Um, but think about it like this. Any change that we make is affecting the user experience of hundreds of thousands or maybe even millions of people. And I think it's kind of the same thing, you know, when uh, when you're doing something like Fraser's doing with with kids uh, or in a school system where hundreds of people are affected, you know, and mm -hmm. it's it's one thing to sort of build a little web app or have a service or do something where you're like, ah, it's just 10 people are going to be affected by it or oh, it's just the people on this floor you know, and I can go and talk to them individually if there's a problem. Like when, when you're when you're working in that role in, a, in an entire for an entire school or a school system or uh, a company like Twitter, where millions of people are using your app, like there's a tremendous kind of responsibility. And, and Fraser, I think, has a really great way of uh, of thinking things through in in a way that is very thoughtful and considerate and uh, and he's all he's also a developer i mean I, yeah. if I if i remember correctly the first time i heard fraser's name was because he made i want to say Flickr uploader he made anyway one of the apps that i really relied on for interacting with Flickr back in the day when i was a Flickr guy was uh, an app that fraser made a very very smart guy but yeah it's so interesting when you, like we talked about this before but how interesting every problem is when you have to think about dealing with it breaking at scale that that's <laughs> there's a lot of stuff where you and I have our own reckons about what would be nice to improve this and how we want it to be different. This came up actually yesterday, where two days ago I was making some new Cajun Sparkle. I was making a new batch of Cajun Sparkle, 
the, the Popeye's uh, spice. And I found this recipe on one of those, how to make food from restaurant sites. And, uh, and I was looking at it and my daughter was helping me make it. We're doing a little project together with the secret salt. And, uh, she had kind of, you know, messed up where we were zoomed in on a page and she fixed it and she ended up reading the comments for this thing. And she's like, Oh, nobody likes this. All these, all these, everybody here who wrote on this, you know, and she, I don't know how much she understands about what a comment is, but, right. she, <laughs> but she does. Apparently she knows notes in Tumblr. She knows that we heart the, the cute dogs on put you in a better mood. But anyhow, um, but, you know, we were reading along. She's like, well, why? I was like, no, it's actually pretty good. Like, I think it probably needs some tamarind and less salt, but this is pretty close. And she said, well, you know, all these people don't like it. I said, well, you know, I was trying to, you know, again, not be wise, but try to slightly explain. And I was like, that's the funny thing about comments in general, or in your case, about giving notes to an app that millions of people are using, is that you're mainly going to hear from the people who either um, have some kind of an affliction right. or have something they don't like. <laughs> you don't often hear that much from people that it's working just okay for. You may hear from people who love it, but again, pretty rare for, I think, most people. If you take an app at that kind of scale, there's not that many people who are, who are running to a website to leave reviews of Microsoft Word about how pretty good it is. They're either going to be screaming about how much they love it or how much they hate it. And so, I mean, I always think it must be an artful thing to figure out what percentage of people that it's mostly just working for you don't hear from until you make a change and it breaks something they were relying on Again, maybe at scale, maybe not with the Twitter app, but you know, there might be something, maybe you've done some scripting with something. Maybe you've done something with Automator. Maybe you've got a bash script that heavily relies on getting this resource inside of a folder. Who knows? But you break, you change this one thing. It's difficult to know how many people that will either, it'll screw up or just flatly break something, whether even if it's just an expectation that they have where it might fail silently and now they're just frustrated. You know what I mean? That, that must be really difficult to do as a developer. Yeah. I mean, I think. That's something that it comes along with the responsibility. That responsibility comes along with a bigger user base. And, and as your app kind of grows, you, you have to be careful about things. And, and that's not something that I think is obvious. Yeah, there's a phrase I first heard Syracuse use on with you on Hypercritical, what is it called? Greenfield? Yeah. That idea of like being able to just start over with what you really want to do instead of dealing with the legacy of your, of your thing over time. Yeah. I have added many tumblers to the show notes. This is going to be so weird. For somebody who has not heard the episode, it's going to seem very strange. 70s sci-fi art. I think that's the one you were looking at and yeah. enjoying. One called Hayao Miyazaki, which is mostly gifs of wonderful little still scenes from uh, his films. Maybe just a bunch of food on a table, slightly animated. Deep Dark Fears. Fantastic site. People send this person their fears. That person turns it into a four-panel comic. Mm. And it is, we have the book. It is fantastic. Uh, you ever seen Craigslist Mirrors? It's nothing no. but fo photos people have taken of mirrors uh, uh, for Craigslist. And uh, sometimes very clever, sometimes very not, but they're oddly engrossing, especially when people try to do things like put a towel over the heads, their head so they aren't in the, in the picture. Put you in a better mood. Somebody scrapes cute animal pictures from Reddit, and it is at our house simply known as our favorite website. <laughs> the Bristol Board, uh, which is great comic stuff. Wait, Bristol Board. Bristol Board. Bristol Board. <laughs> Marvel Comics of the 80s. That's fun. Sci-fi spaceships you've added. Yep. I'm trying um, to keep up. Trying to keep up. Yeah. I yeah, got no, Deep Dark did, did, Fears in there. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, we're covering a lot of ground today, Dan. I think we're, uh, we're settling a lot of the family's business. I mean, you got to do that. Periodically. Well, you got to have a war. Yeah. Right? Uh, what time is it? Oh, did you want to tell me about another thing that you like? Sure. I'm happy to. 
I mean, anytime you want, it's your show. Go to webinar. Mm. Go to webinar. Aloha. Aloha. Hello. When you're trying to grow your business, you're going to need a cost-effective way to reach your audience. Generate leads. The leads are weak. The leads are weak? You're weak. (laughs) It means you are wanting. (laughs) I now have to watch that tonight. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just that, that was the one straw. Grace. You want to generate leads for, for you, for your, if you're lucky enough to have a sales team, you want to generate the leads, right? You want to present something. You want to give a talk. You want to do your own little seminar. You want to do your own thing. And nowadays, how are you going to do it? You're going to try and assemble, like collect, uh, well, we could use this one app to do some polls. We could use this one for a chat and we could do this one to stream the video, but people who aren't a Mac won't be able to use it. And no, forget all of that nonsense. Forget having to do a whole separate like newslettery kind of thing. All of this works seamlessly inside the world of GoToWebinar. Here's how it works. You pick your topic, whatever it is you're going you're gonna to present or talk about. You pick your audience and you schedule your event. You invite the people. They automatically email everyone that's on this list. They send out reminders as the date approaches. When it's time to present, you just hit the, there's a little record button. That's it. Hit record. Webcam comes on. You can share your screen. You can. They could be chatting alongside of this. They can do a little poll. All of this stuff is all built in. And then for the people who like didn't catch it, who weren't there live, whatever, no big deal. Post it online. Invite anyone who missed it to go and view it. It even lets you practice beforehand. You can test your equipment, make sure everything's working perfectly so you're not messing around trying to, well, I thought the mic worked, but it didn't. No, none of that. Not for you. You're above that. So get started with GoToWebinar today. You focus on the content. GoToWebinar handles the rest. GoToWebinar.com. That's it. Go check them out. Thanks very much to GoToWebinar.com for supporting this episode of Back to Burke with Merlin Mann. Back to Burke. Back to Burke. Work to back. Did it sound like that? Did I say it like that? I said back to Burke. Back to Burke. The show about uh, James Burke. Burke. Birkenstocks. Mm-hmm. Do you we still did this have bit on You Look Nice Today a few years ago. It's, 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 it, we'll drive it in the ground. Back to Burke. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, on, uh, on Top Dress, um, on uh, Project Runway, the sponsor of their accessories wall. Every year there's an accessories wall and you have to use it thoughtfully. And um, let me get it right. Accessories oh, wall. Well, yeah, which used to be, it's, it's been Blue Fly. You know who, who sponsors it this year? Hmm. Bobble Bar. <laughs> I don't know so, what that is. All three speaking members of our household are now walking around going, bah, bah, bah. I'm going to borrow a book bag of bubble bar. Use the, use the bubble bar well, mm. thoughtfully. We're helping a lot of people. Uh, uh, you want to talk about TVs? Yes. Uh, now, first of all, hang on, hang on, hang on. Listener, Maddie. What TV do you currently listen, have? What TV listen, are you using? Listen, listen. What do I have? What do you know? What do you say? What do you know? Got to know the territory. He's a what? He's a what? He's a music man. <laughs> I watched that. You know, I watched it two nights ago. Oh, man. What do you say? What do you know? It's such a good movie. I watched it actually the last time that I was sick in bed, which was a few weeks ago. 
<laughs> it's good. It's a feverish movie. It really, it's crazy. The colors. Here's the thing about the music, man, is they kind of sing and they sing a little bit. They sing a little bit, a little bit here and a little bit there. It's kind of like a singing, but it's not really singing because they're really just talking like this, like that, like this, like that, like that. What do you go? What do you say? What do you know? What talking like this? I got a fever now. My head's so hot. It's hot like a head. Hot like a head in Indiana. Indiana. What do you say? What do you know? <laughs> uh, the sheer terror. Oh, it's so good. That is exactly like, it. <laughs> and like, I would start it and I'd say, you know, what? I'm going to show this to my kids. And then about 20 minutes in, I'm like, I'm never showing this to my kids. I yeah, love that movie. It really makes you feel like you're insane. But it's got a bunch of great songs in it. <laughs> it does. Yeah. You know, the Beatles covered one of those. Really? On their second, third album, Till There Was You. There were birds huh. on a hill, but really? I never heard them singing. I never heard them at all till there was you. Huh. Also, turns out, uh, Shirley Partridge, you know, uh, what's her name? Shirley Jackson? No, she wrote The Lottery. Who's the lady in this? What's her name? Shirley Shirley Temple? Shirley Temple Black? Not Shirley Temple. Black no. Orphan? What's her name? Uh, Shirley Jones. I think she was uh, with child. Hmm. through a fair amount of this filming so they had to do some clever shooting stuff like she'd often be like doing some of the flower pot in the window so they couldn't show her tummy <laughs> also i saw an episode of parks and rec with orphan black on it i wasn't expecting that tatiana maslawi is that orphan black is the orphan black you watch orphan black that's the one with the lady from uh she's like different versions of clones and stuff yes i haven't seen that one but i read an article that made me want to watch it Oh my goodness! Just just try the first episode. You can definitely I'm get deeply, it... deeply immersed right now and getting caught up on uh, on a show we probably I won't talk about here because I'm not, I'm embarrassed. Uh, Shark Tank? No, I love that show. Dun 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 dun. No, dun, this dun. is a a reality TV show that I don't want to. Reality? Oh, uh, Amazing Race. No, got you know what? No, but yes, sure. There there are, there are I think three acceptable reality shows to like. And I like two of them. I mean, you got Amazing Race, you got uh, Project Runway, and you got uh, you got uh, the one with the cooking. What's it called? Top Chef. What, what's what's yours? No, those. Oh no, I know what it is. You're watching The Bachelor. Oh, I love. No, okay, I admit to that one. I love that show. <laughs> what love is it? it? Because my friend is a, the producer of that show. Nice. And as I'm watching the show, I will be texting him and be like, "Oh my god, Emily is not getting kicked off this time." And he'll be like, "Nope, she stays for a long time." And I'll be like, "Oh, phew, I like her." And then five minutes later, she's kicked off. I'm like, what? You just said she wasn't kicked off. He's like, I have an NDA. I have to pay $5 million if I reveal anything. I'm like, oh, okay. yeah, don't do that. So what is it? Tell, break it. What is it? No, I mean, yeah, it's The Bachelor. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Bachelor seems hot right now. It's great. This is a great season. People I'm really into it, it. Yeah, it's really just there's so, so, so much wrong with the world that embraces a show like this so much it's it's amazing yeah. to me and i i love it i love it i love the show i love the people on the show i love the idea that the show exists i love that there's a man who really thinks that he's going to find his true love through this process right. and i love that women sign up to compete with other women for a single man who they don't really know who yeah. they are con all simultaneously convinced that they're in love with after spending 10 minutes kissing him uh for one time i mean you i find just yourself I, pulling you find yourself pulling for certain ones oh of course mm -hmm. of course and it's I mean, not the ones i thought question. i would be yeah. too wow 
I, I, I tried it. I, I like that show Unreal, which is a fictional TV show about a bachelor making a bachelor like TV show, which I can also a highly fictional recommend. though. Yeah, yeah. It's basically about a reality show producer who has a breakdown and then ends up coming back to the business. She's like, oh, she's famous for being the best in the business, but she had a breakdown and we're not talking about what happened until the end of the episode. That's another one. Unreal. Check it out. Unreal. So much good TV. Times of confusion. I don't know. I feel like it's you're allowed to have a a reality show or two that you like. Who cares? I, you know, when you first started talking about Shark Tank, I was like, <laughs> as usual, I was it's like, such really? such a good show. <laughs> we we so look forward to Shark Tank every week. It's so pathetic. Something happens where uh, I kind of get, get into it. You like, oh Robert, he likes kids. He's nice. I like <laughs> right, Robert. You know, them. Mr. All Roads lead back to Mr. Wonderful. Oh Kevin, you're so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and we have like a drinking game around the house, even though we're not actually drinking. About like, well, what what part of Lori's dress will be cut out this week? <laughs> I got the shoulders. I got the boobies. Oh man. As you know, I, uh, I've, uh, I've got uh, many, many uh, patents and have launched many products and have sold over half a billion dollars on uh, QVC, but uh, I, I don't feel the passion for this. And for that reason, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, thanks. Oh, 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 really? You sold over a billion dollars on QVC? Oh my God, I can't believe I've never heard that before, except for how you mentioned it twice every episode. <laughs> and she's allergic to literally everything. Well... I really, uh, I think your product's nice, but I'm I allergic. I got one for you, Laurie. Right. Unfortunately, I like what's her head. I'm my, allergic my, my... to strawberries, so for that reason, <laughs> I'm out. My, Barbara is my wife's favorite. I really like Barbara, too. She's no nonsense. Barbara is great. She's not in it as much, has no. she? Yeah. No, 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 no. She's not, not nearly as much. But I, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. Not a fan of Damon. I think he's a little bit of a diaper baby on that show. Oh, he, he... Gets, he gets all mad if people don't answer him. Mean, Cuban does that, but Cuban has 10 times or 100 times the worth of anybody else on that show combined. Yeah. He, like, he, he's the star of the show. I mean, he's the only one on that show that is a legitimate billionaire, I think. I, I think you might. Well, Mr. Wonderful did sell his toy yeah, company for over things. multi-billion dollars. And, oh, sure. For yeah. $4 million. Sold it to Mattel. <laughs> Here I am with a glass of wine. Yeah. Uh, did, did you know he has a company where they have cupcakes? I, I did know that. He mentioned it once. Yeah. Get a cup. But uh, but Cuban, man, I want to start learning to make, make Mark faces Cuban. like Mark Cuban. I love his faces. He's He looks really evil sometimes. <laughs> no, he does. All I right, love, the ah. reason I love him is whenever they show the clip of him going to meet with his, you know, the company that he, he threw some money at, uh, he's wearing the, just the worst clothing you've ever seen. Yeah. He'll be wearing sort of a mid-90s polo style shirt that's about two sizes too small. His hair will be a mess. Two different sneakers on. He doesn't care. He doesn't <laughs> right. even care. He doesn't have to. Right. And th like, that's my goal. I want the only reason I've ever wanted to be rich is, is not for, for like the reasons most people want. Like, oh, I want a big house. I don't care about that. I just want to be able to put on two different sneakers and a shirt that's way too small for me. And nobody in the whole world will be like, uh, nice shirt, dude. Like, no, <laughs> no one Cuban, will say we that. We provide you with a matching sneaker. <laughs> right. I'm good. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoy it because like uh, their whole world is uh, disgusting to me. I have, I, it's a horrible, <laughs> venal, terrible, disgusting world uh, full of awful people. But it's fun because it's a self-contained universe. It's nice to go and visit their funny little <laughs> world for a while. You mean the world and, of like business people doing investments in other business people's ideas? Well, that's the irony of it is like it's, it's a business investment. The fact that you discovered this idea for this hat when you had 
uh, skin cancer has absolutely nothing to do with whether someone would invest in your company. Like, yeah, it's nice to have that story. Yeah. But the fact that you're making them by hand while you have a job and two kids, <laughs> you know, but I don't know. They're fun. Did you ever see the guy that uh, makes hurricanes in a, in a bottle that turned into gold? Did you ever see that guy? Is the he most, a leprechaun most, or something? furniture. <laughs> what was his name? He was on like season two or three and it's far and away like the most wackadoodle pitch they ever had. It's a guy who says he wants to harness the power of the sea. It's these big turbines he's going to put in the ocean that's going to generate a hurricane inside of this turbine. And as many of you know, a hurricane produces many metals, including gold. And that at scale, he would be able to produce a huge amount of gold and energy what? by making hurricanes in the ocean. That's the wildest thing. Um, I always forget the name of it. Shark Tank, Hurricane Gold. Mark Sullivan. I think it's called the, oh, the Sullivan Generator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is on, let me find, season and episode. That's yeah, crazy. Go, go search for Sullivan Generator. It's a, it's a hell of a pitch. Sad. Camp comes right up in Google. <laughs> comes right up. MarkSullivanResearch.com. And he's apparently he's in Mensa and he's a smart guy and stuff, but you know, it does have a certain kind of like evil genius, you know, quality to it. But it doesn't make gold. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, technically it does make gold. I mean, there's, there's, there's probably, there's gold in your house right now. It's just that it's in such like infinitesimally small amounts that it's not really usable. It's not, you know what I mean? There is like apparently a phenom you know what? Email Dan. Um, we, do we have more sponsors this week? Yeah, we get a lot of them this week. They keep, and every is just basically as long as we want to do a show, a new sponsor is ready for that hour. Well, so I'm ready. Uh, we got one wanna, more. One more. Okay. Well, do you want to, do you want to talk about the TV dingus first? Yes. I, I, what TV do you have first? The regular TV that you're watching, what size is it? I have a Vizio, I think just under 40 inch TV. Okay. It was an inexpensive TV, probably from Costco. I don't yes. really see that you shop the way I do, and and I do it mainly because I know that somewhere John Syracuse would would be angry if he learned about it. The problem with John Syracuse on TVs is, like the rest of America, I have gone to John Syracuse and I have said, much to his chagrin, <laughs> "What TV should I buy?" Right. This is a vexing question for him because he's John Syracuse, and understandably, he says, "Well, it depends. It depends. It depends." Like in his case, he really is going to hang on to this plasma TV, you know, and, and, and goddamn Cartoon Network for putting that bug in the corner that is still burned into his TV. He still has a reminder on his calendar to go and see if the Cartoon Network dingus is gone. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's according to the most recent stuff I've read, which is not super recent, it's still kind of not a great time to buy unless you don't care that much about 4K. I mean, the thing is, once 4K gets settled, there's either going to be a ton of non-4K TVs you'll be able to get cheap, yeah, ton-ish, ton uh, or you can get a 4K TV that'll be okay for now. So I'm basically looking at, I don't know. I mean, I, I for $500,000, I would like to get a new TV because ours is ours has to warm up. There's something wrong with our TV. <laughs> and we turn it on, it like takes a long time for the lines to all come on. Like it comes on a little, it's weird. It's, it's almost like having an old fashioned TV. It takes five minutes after you turn our TV on for it to work. So I know it's going to die soon. So I'm doing the research. That's what I've got. What do you have? Okay, well, yeah, I've got maybe a four, five year old, more than that, five or six year old uh, LED, LCD TV. I think it's either a Samsung or a Toshiba. It also takes a while from when you turn it on for anything to happen. Especially if the Apple TV is connected to it. Yeah. 
And it, it takes also a very long time to go from one input to the next input. So if you want to switch from the Roku to the Apple TV to the HD TV antenna, that's that's a long process. You get to mm-hmm. get get a drink and rest and then brush your teeth or something in between. So it's time to get a new one and I think it's it's a 50-inch TV. That's what I'm looking at. And we that's a good for for the space of the room cuz everything's bigger in Texas. So the space mm-hmm. of the room that we have, you know, if you if you follow those guides, we should have like at least a 55 if not a 60-inch TV and maybe that would keep my kids from standing directly in front of it always. Mm. So I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking, and I feel like what's going to happen is I'm going to research it for a couple months, and then I'm just eventually going to say screw it, and go into Costco, and just buy whatever looks right at that moment, and that'll be the TV. And my my wife and kids don't care as long as there as long as there's a TV that works, they're happy. And it's it's honestly. I don't want to sound flip about this because I, I hate buying stuff in general, but it's not the investment that it once felt like, you know, I yeah. mean, you know, if you, if you need a TV, you can get a TV for, for 500 bucks. That will be okay. That is actually like astonishingly good compared to TVs of the past. But <clears throat> I'm trying to look at what they say here on uh, wire cutter. I'll put this in notes. I like wire cutter and what's sweet home. Is that their, their sister site? Yes. Those are really good. I, I think those are very useful sites. For very useful. Large, very, very smart people to at least get your legs under you for like what, what the options are. Do you find you agree with their assessments often or do you find that it just sort of gets your mind going? That's a good thinking? question. The, the, I guess the real test would be because they're all written by different people. Like Jason Snell has written some of these. Like they're people from very, they get freelancers a lot. They work really hard on these, like super hard. But I guess one test would be to go in and some, look at something you're very familiar with and decide if you agree. Like you might, might want to go look at their review of Mac laptops because they do try to put it into context with saying, remember like back on Wired where they would do like the top, what was it? They would do like the best, the best, uh, best choice if you want to spend a month. So number one would be like the best, best one that's out there, you know, all things considered. The other one is like, if you've got a ton of money to spend, this is, there's this one. And the other one was, if you want to be really cheap, you can get this one which I thought was kind of a smart, faceted way to do that. And they yeah. do something similar where they'll say like, well, overall of all the ones out there, this particular item is the best at this. Unless you don't need this one thing, in which case this other one is way better. Or unless you want to spend, a, don't want to spend very much, in which case this one is better and here's why. I don't know. I, I feel like I trust them. They seem thoughtful. I mean, I, I, I definitely trust them, but there are some things that they will treat. It's so hard because there's so many different opinions and there's there's a way to test something where for example you can say the colors and the blacks on this tv were measurably better than on this other tv like you can you can measure that and you can measure if you're talking about microphones you can measure the response you can measure the range oh, yeah, the dynamic see, range and, and, yeah. and so there are certain things that are measurable and then there's other things that this microphone sounded better to me well you know, like, yeah, it sounded better to you. And or, for, or for your kind of voice. For your kind of voice with your particular setup. So I feel like there are people who, who, who take their advice as sort of the Bible. And there were so often on, uh, on, on Twitter, I'd say, hey, I'm looking for a new thing. What do you recommend? And I'd get, you know, 10 people who'd be like, uh, dude, the Wirecutter has an article on that. Why are you asking this here? I'm like, well, because it's not the only source of information. Well, and it's <laughs> you not, know? and there's and sort of, <laughs> and I like mind. the Wirecutter for the record. I do like it. 
Yeah, but along the lines of what you're saying, though, also there's there's some things that nobody else cares about but you, or nobody cares in the way that you do. Like you know, for John Syracuse, like it feels like he he would really appreciate at least four or five paragraphs on exactly what kind of noise this will make, yes. and what lights will be on it. Right. I don't know that many people who care about that as much as he does. In yeah. your case, you just described a great thing, which is like, how do you identify this feeling? that changing inputs feels way faster and I like I don't have to look at it with this one. I can just go tack, 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 and I know that's going to take me to Apple TV or tack, 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 takes me to a PS4 or whatever. Uh, you know, how do you describe that? How do you quantify that? How do you, on the fact of mine, like I'm using a Vizio TV with a Vizio soundbar and it's got all kinds of crazy problems with like which input is what volume and when and it goes to sleep and there's all kinds of crazy stuff that it's hard to track all that stuff down. Another one could be something like what color is the, uh, the bezel on it or what color, you know, the frame on it? Like, was that going to look weird if you've got like a silver frame in your, you know, there's things like that. Um, well, oh, here's one. Like a lot, <clears throat> I think a lot of it could come down to how many HDMI inputs do you need? I, I, you will rarely see fewer than four, but in my experience to date, you will also rarely see like more than four or five. Where, you know, if I had everything plugged in that we would ever need all the time, including the Blu-ray player, including the Wii, including all that stuff, including the Fire TV, these are not co- super costly things, but each one of these dinkuses wants its own little input. Uh, I could easily fill most, I'm imagining, commercial TVs that are out there. You know, most, you know, um, consumer TVs. Yeah, they don't, they don't give you many, and, and that's, that's but like... You, but you might buy the best bar, you might buy the one that sounds like the greatest TV in the world, bring it home, and oh my gosh, I forgot that I actually have six <laughs> HDMI inputs, and this one only has four. Right. I, uh, yeah, I think that's something that when my mom, who, she, she will eventually come and ask me, well, I think I need a new TV, I'll be like, get one with a lot of HDMI inputs. Like, that's my only, it's my only advice to her, is just get, get, get at least four. If you can find more than that, you're good, but at least four. And she's like, well, the one I was looking at had two. I'm like, you, you, you won't be happy with that. You don't want that. And let me blow your mind with this one. I don't know if you were looking at the wire cutter. Admittedly, now this model is not like a high-end model. Um, but their, their recommendation for best small TV, 32-inch mm-hmm. TCL Roku. All I really care about here is like if you've got a bedroom and you want like a 32-inch TV, yeah. you know what that costs? How much? $170. Oh, wow. Can you imagine that when you were a kid? Oh, look at that. Best small TV. <laughs> and I'm sure, uh, sir, I'm sure, you know, Captain Actually is going to hop in at this point. Professor Actually will hop in and tell me all the myriad ways that <laughs> this thing will blow up in a shower of sparks. Right. Uh, thank you. Shut up. Uh, it's amazing that you can get $870 anything TV today. A color TV for $170, let alone that it's 32 freaking vertical inches. <laughs> People, Dan. I know. Uh, before we get into the next TV talk, uh, why don't you tell me about one final thing that you like? Final thing, Squarespace. Squarespace! Squarespace is, uh, is, is a really wonderful company that makes really smart tools that allow you to make things that you want to make, like websites. You can make photo galleries. You can sell stuff online, physical, even digital stuff. Sites will look awesome. They look professionally designed regardless of your skill level. No coding required. The tools are really, really easy to use, very intuitive, and they are even giving you a free domain if you sign up for a year. Again, like look into what their what the features are, and they integrate with pretty much every service out there. We talked last time about how it's all just drag and drop, how to create a website. If, you know, if you're like a a store that just opened up or 
uh, or a restaurant or something and you want to put a map there, you just drag the little map widget and it embeds like a Google map. Like everything is thought through. You don't have to know how to do anything. And it always surprises me when people who I know or who are, you know, they're building an iOS app or they're starting a new company or something like, well, we got to got to figure out how I got to work on our website now. I got to make a website. I'm like that, that to me, that that's, that's absolutely a solved problem now. And it starts at eight bucks a month. They're like, well, you're not going to get anything good for eight bucks a month. I'm like, actually, I hate that voice. When people talk in that voice, isn't that annoying? It really is because you're not going to get anything for eight bucks a month. It's, it's true though, that, that, that makes sense. Like how could it be so cheap? It's cheap because Squarespace has become very successful and that's allowed them to open the doors to their product at a very, very low entry point. In other words, $10 a month with a, with a 10% uh, discount. It's your show is the code you're going to want to use to get that 10% off. Go to squarespace.com slash back to work. That supports our show, but use the code. It's your show 10% off your first purchase. And you're going to get in there. You're going to be able to make a beautiful website. So go check it out. Thanks very much to Squarespace for supporting Back to Work with Merlin Mann. Thank you for years and years of supporting podcasts and for supporting people who want to get their stuff on the internet. Thank you very much to Squarespace. Right on. So Um, we asked on a previous show how... Help us. Help us. We want to record not necessarily every day or every week or whatever, but you and I have both gotten rid of our cable companies, me more recently than you. You've been doing it for a while. And there's occasionally something that'll come on network TV that I might want to watch, but I don't, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to have to like struggle and find like a, where did they put a clip of it on YouTube? What if I just don't want to stay and watch Saturday Night Live once yeah. in a while when there's a guest on that I want? Well, I get NBC. I should be able to do that. I should be able to record it. Well, how, how does one do that in 2016? And we got some people who the, overwhelmingly the answer that I think we saw was this thing you're, you got now. Well, yes. I mean, I have, it was a pure experiment uh, in half or a third of the solution just because I'm not ready to go all in for reasons that I'll explain. Um, so this is from one of the best ones we, I, we got. The one that inspired me was from listener Maddie. Um, Dan, you mentioned you like to record over the air TV on your Mac. You, you, you mentioned you'd like to record yes. over the air TV on your Mac. I too once used the Elgato hybrid to capture... Uh, and record TV and was sad to see it go. That sounds like a bummer that that's gone. I now use Silicon Dust HD Home Run with the Elgato ITV software on my Mac Mini. You can still buy the Elgato software in Canada, but you can't buy the tuner. The Silicon Dust tuner works with the iFi, the ITV software. Uh, it's an Ethernet device, which was a little surprising to me at first, but it works really well. I have all the features you talked about, program guide that I can search, automatically record shows, etc., and then export to iTunes and watch these shows on my TV. So here's the parts of this that I'm aware of is you got a TV. You've got an antenna. Like, I think you have a leaf, right? I do. And I'm trying to, I was thinking. I, I think I have the leaf 25 mile or maybe 50 mile antenna. Yeah. So you get that and you hook that. Normally you just, this is pretty good. If you just need to watch TV once every week or two, you want to see the news or a sports thing. Uh, this is probably very different from most folks in San Francisco. As I'll get to in a minute. It's tricky. But you, you can have this leaf antenna that works surprisingly well at pulling in even HD channels. And you can run that straight into your TV. I took uh, listener Maddie's advice and picked up the little brother of the home run, which are the, the, wait, let me get this right. There's two different HD home runs. Right. I got the HD home run connect. 
And I think the basic difference between the Connect and the Extend is that the Extend is if you want to do Wi-Fi streaming and the Connect, I think, is mostly if you want to do Ethernet-based stuff. So in any case, <clears throat> for a little over 100 bucks, you get this little very cheap-looking, very cheaply made plastic dingus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, you, look, the pictures, I looked at this and I was like, this thing looks like a piece of crap. It feels like something you'd buy on the street in Manhattan. <laughs> It's real. It's not super well made, <laughs> but it is interesting, and it does what it's supposed to. Is the ether- quick dumb dumb question? Yeah, is the Ethernet plugging into your router or is it plugging into your Mac router? That's what I thought. Okay, so it, this thing, well, needs- I, like I say, I'm not I'm not to the point. I, I don't have a dedicated Mac at home, so this is an experiment. Right. Okay. So here's how it goes: you go leaf antenna in my case, to coax to the HD Home Run Connect right. or Extend. Uh, it's got two tuners. And so, you know, here's the thing that I've got to say up front. Make sure the very first thing you do is get a really good antenna and test it. Because every the rest of this chain will be completely moot unless you're satisfied with how many channels you get, how well they come in, and super importantly, when you live in the... with, <laughs> I am in... I, uh, I can see the Pacific ocean outside of my window mm-hmm. i live in a very western part of san francisco and there's a two giant mountains in the middle of town and a lot of houses and so uh i i would say first of all get the leaf it's what this is under 50 bucks yeah get, get, a, get a good hd antenna the the leaf has been good um can, can i belabor this for a minute just because i think it's important like don't go out and buy a ton of stuff don't buy a mac mini until you've done a lot of this other stuff first number one get him get the sleep hook it up tell your tv to scan for channels then be amazed at how many channels either don't come in, don't come in consistently, or seem to come in, but then drop out into some kind of matrix-like pattern of pixels falling down the screen. Um, now, for you, how, how satisfied are you with the experience of getting channels via the Leaf? It works really great. I, for some reason, I think I, I thought that I would need the more powerful one, so I got the 50, but I don't need the 50. I, I think the 30 would have been just fine. I get all of the major networks. They all come in perfectly clear. I get another 10 or 15 channels, some of which are in English. And it's, you know, it, they're, they're fine. I don't really want or, or need them. But I'm very impressed with it. And watching sports, uh, watching the NFL this last season, of course, there's some games that, you know, that I couldn't, couldn't watch because they're on NFL Network. But the ones that were on the regular networks, the it was a night and day difference because the signals my understanding is the signals we're watching over our antennas are uncompressed signals and it really shows it felt almost like i had gotten an upgrade to the tv the right the the clarity of the images it's it's so like when clear. there's motion you don't get as much pixelation right. as when you watch something you know off of like a streaming service. It's exactly. really interesting. It was, it's just beautiful. It's, it's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm thrilled with it, but I would love to be able to time shift those shows. Well, let me walk through the stack because I, this is one of those things where like you can learn from me here in terms of like, Oh, I thought this would work a certain way, or I assumed this would be like this. Let me just tell you my own quickly. Cause I, there may be things you've had here too. First of all, Mohu leaf 50, uh, go out and do your due diligence. But you know, I'll tell you, actually, let me give you a step zero. Step zero, go to either TV Fool or Antenna Web. Um, and these are sites where you can enter in basically your zip code and even you can enter in your address, okay? And it will tell you what channels are likely to come in well. 
yep. in your area. It's a little bit, you know, sci-fi looking, but you can basically say, oh, okay, I do get Fox, I do get CBS, I do get ABC, et cetera. I get, I get 150 uh, Chinese language networks, <laughs> whatever. But you can see like, so first of all, go see, is there any chance at all that you will get the channels you want? This may not matter if you live in Kansas and everything's flat, but at least start there. Go look at TV Fool or uh, Antenna Web because those are handy. Next, uh, get an antenna. So in my case, like you and I both have this leaf. I have the leaf 50, which means it's supposed to pull in channels up to 50 miles away. So now, ready. So as a wrinkle number one, do you get the channels? Wrinkle number number two, you get the leaf. Now, thing to know about this particular antenna, yes, it's a coax cable, but you also have a USB cable, right? Yep. I don't think this is inherently obvious to people. So just, it's not a huge deal, but understand you're going to have coax to pull the signal down from the antenna. But you, the I guess the uh, amplifier or whatever it's using to to increase the the power. Right. You will also need USB for that. So keep that in mind. You, and you can you can mine can plug into separate. the back of the, the TV, but you can plug it into like an old you know a, you know the one from splitter. Your, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got mine running. It's kind of so janky right now. Just I would love. For, I've shown Syracuse pictures of my house, and it's it's very disconcerting to him. Oh yeah. But right now I've got the coax going to this uh, this dingus, and the um, HD is in the side. Uh, slot on the TV HDMI. So now, so so I would say get that hooked up with your TV before you buy anything else or commit to anything else. Right. Great scan advice. Scan the channels. Scan the channels. Okay, that's just the beginning. So scan the channels, and it might say. In my case, one time I scanned it, and it said I found twenty eight channels. The next time, it found thirty six channels. I moved where the antenna was. It claimed to have found sixty five channels. Oh my God, this is incredible. Why did I ever pay for, for satellite? Then now go and look at those channels. First of all, did it actually get the channel or is it a black, black screen where periodically pixels flash? <laughs> Just saying, be careful. Like make, identify the channels that you really want and need to get and see if they're coming in. And then notice how many of them are channels you would ever watch and how, how many channels are just shovelware and right. like reruns of Westerns and stuff like that. Because we have, we have like five shopping channels. It's really weird. Okay, now get ready because here's the real test. That day or maybe even the next day, uh, run the scanner again and see if you still get the same number of channels. Because mm. I have found that depending on the time of day and where the antenna is placed, it might change by 40% the number of channels that come in, let alone come in well. So I, I don't want to make this tedious, but don't make a giant investment in this unless you're pretty committed to like what, you're, what you need to get out of this. I'm here to tell you that like it might be better to get basic cable. Yeah. <laughs> so, so try that. Um, and if you're satisfied that those look good, you know, I would even try living with that for a little while and just see, you just flip over to the TV input. And that's kind of where you are right now, right? You're up to like, you just flip over to TV and watch with the channel clicker. That's right. And if I, if I don't, if I'm not sitting in front of it, when I, the show that I want to watch is on, I don't get to see it. SOL. Right. So I made, uh, based on the uh, uh, input, last week from listener Maddie. Honestly, he wrote us last Tuesday and I, I prime nowed this device uh, to the house that night, last oh, wow. Tuesday night. Yeah, it's just hundred about a hundred bucks. Yeah. So this is pretty simple. This, this uh, very cheaply made dingus. It's just a little plastic dingus and all you're going to really need to worry about is the coax into that power and ethernet. That ethernet then runs to either directly to your router or in my case, through a, a splitter to the router. So far, so good. Um, now you can, they, this comes, you can get maybe the most hilariously janky app that I have ever seen in my life because it advertises it locally. It might be DLNA, DNLA, whatever it's called. But you, if you know basically your IP address, it will locate on your local network that signal. 
The app that runs this on the Mac is flatly hilarious. You launch it, it opens a shell, it does some stuff, and then it pops open something that feels like if somebody had done an oil painting of a Java app. It's like the worst app I've ever used in my wow. life, but it will show you your channels. Now, the nice thing also, this will get all, the since most channels come down with information about like, you know, KPIX, CBS, right. you will get stuff like that included in there. What I recommend if you've got an Apple TV, so you get that, get it all set up. So you're pretty much now probably in the same boat you were before, only now you've got this device that you can now interact, you know, through the network. So what I would suggest is if you've got an Apple TV, another app I put in notes is called Channels. 25 bucks, but you buy it on your Apple TV and it auto detects your home run device, pulls down all that information and gives you a browser and the ability to have favorites. But now basically for 25 bucks one time, you now have the ability alongside the home run, you now have the ability to watch live TV on Apple TV. Is that making sense? Pretty cool. It's pretty good. Now for you, I think this might be a no brainer. For me, it's a brainer. Because first of all, I still, it's so spotty what channels show up. Like we watched the Grammys the other night and it looked fantastic. Um, You know, I rescanned the other day, like, oh, we finally got Fox. I moved the antenna to this place in the house that I had a feeling, I got a gut feeling that it would work. (laughs) Fox worked fine that night. The next morning, black, just no Fox. Uh. So that's how you get that. To me, like, so the stack is I can get a TV, try the leaf. Try rescanning, see if it works. If that works and you like it, and you've got, like in this case, an Apple TV or another device you want to interact with, try the Home Run. The Connect will let you, Home Run Connect is for Ethernet. The Extend is for like doing, it does H.264 on the fly. So let me me just see if, as far as the recording part of this goes, that's where the Elgato ITV part comes in? Yeah, we're not to that yet. Okay, okay, okay. So that, uh, that, in, in my educational process, that's where I am. So after a week of this, I'm here to say, uh, you know, it's okay. I would not want to roll. Given where I live, I cannot rely on this for much of anything. It's nice to be able to watch the the news once a week or the Grammys. Uh, it's legal. It mostly works. That's a nice feeling. Uh, now, in your case, I think it's, I can say with some confidence, you might want to go to the next step where I am. So right. try, get the extend. If you're, if you're not going to do it, uh, for del- today delivery or, you know, just try the extend. Um, and that's now where we get to the next part. And this is another leap now, because now how do you go from the dingus that's pulling the signal and making it into a network addressable right, signal? Right, right, right. How do you now turn that into something that you can browse and record on right, devices? Right. And this is, I think, where it's still, there's not a clear winner. If you've got like a dedicated computer somewhere, I, mean, I the thing is, I could hook this up at work and hook it to my iMac. I don't even have a TV at work, but right. I could get a Leaf antenna and this connect, and I would be able to, then first of all, watch TV at work, which I have absolutely no desire to do. But I could do that. Um, but more importantly, then I could hook it up to my iMac, but like, I don't want my iMac to be recording TV shows. Like, that feels like a Mac mini thing to me. Yeah. I mean, I, my goal is I do, I do have a Mac mini at home that runs all the Plex stuff and is like our main media server. And I just have a big hard drive attached to it. Well, this sounds like a no-brainer for you, Dan, to at least try out. It's not going to cost you that much to try it. Yeah, so that was just the one thing because what we were talking about on the last show is that there was this little thing called the Elgato ITV Hybrid USB TV Tuner. And it was this little, little tiny box that you would plug the coax into and then on the other end, USB into that. And it would just plug right into your Mac. And for some reason, they stopped making it uh, or stopped selling that particular one 
in the, yeah, US. In the US. Yeah. And I had one and I don't know whatever I did with it. Doesn't matter. It's gone. So my goal isn't so much to watch the live TV as it is to be able to record the stuff. And so mm-hmm. what you're saying, the way that this works is you then can get this same software, this Elgato ITV software, which I will find. And I think people were telling me when they were writing in that it's, it costs money also. It's not free, but then mm-hmm. you can, you can, it's ITV ITV3. three. Yeah, that's it right there. 80, 80, 80 bucks. 80 bucks. So you download that and then somehow this will connect with your, uh, your home run, home run, yeah, which is in another room on not, not connected to any physical computer, but the Mac that you run this software on will talk to that over the network and be able to essentially watch and record that TV for you. Yeah. And then you could automate it in such a way so that I know that it can add to iTunes, but I suppose you could do something smart where you have it record that for you and then when it's done recording whatever it is that you wanted it to record that you could say by the way put this in this folder which is by the way where plex looks for its media mm-hmm. so it yeah, would just exactly. the new show would be there later yeah i think i think that's that's the idea so for you it, it sounds like it's worth it i guess there's, there's a very merlin mannish point in the middle of all of this which is that, like if you don't really understand what you're trying to accomplish and what success looks like, this is gonna, this can be a huge and costly exercise in yak shaving. Because yeah. now, to get to where we're talking about now, if you go from zero to something here, you're going to need a TV yep. for whatever. You say you got a TV. Let's assume that. You probably don't have that leaf antenna. And if you, that's 60 bucks. Then you're going to need this dingus, which is uh, retails for like 130 bucks, 160 bucks, something like that. Uh, then, now, what are you going to record that stuff on? Do you have a Mac Mini? Are you going to buy a Mac Mini? You got a Mac Mini plus plus eighty bucks for that software. All I'm saying is, like, before you get yourself into a thousand dollars worth of admittedly one time investments, make sure all of this is going to work consistently. Because there, I'm just ready to say that, like, first of all, it's very illuminating to me how little I want to watch almost everything on TV. Like, it's appalling how little I want to watch most of it. Uh, but if I were going to do that, I think I would want to go with probably cable and a TiVo. Or you can also do, I think you can do like a TiVo or like a Romeo. I think you can do over the air to a TiVo as well. Hmm. It's just that won't be on your Apple TV, for example. Right. But like you have to do at a certain point, you know, that term yak shaving, like, you know, locking your keys into an increasingly tinier set of cars. Like make sure you really want what you want to get here because it's an awful lot of work, pretty good amount of money. And make sure you really want what's out there that you can get what's out there and that you really need what's out there to be in this particular format. But for you, I think this sounds like it's worth trying. It's not that much money and you're really enjoying what you're getting. So I would say give it a throw. And I mean, I've made a, a serious commitment to not give Tom Warner Cable any more money than, than I have to. The, the one thing that this is where it gets kind of tricky is the room where the antenna is now is the one that gets the best reception. Uh, but there's no Ethernet jacks in that room. So I would, I would if I, unless I go for the more Wi-Fi one, which I don't want, and my wife is... She's on the crusade to essentially she's a borderline banned Wi-Fi in our house almost. What? Yeah. Because of the kids? Because, you know, she and I and like I wish I could argue with her, but I'm paranoid too. But she's like, I don't want any additional Wi-Fi stuff 
if we don't have to have it. Well, obviously, like when I have the laptop. Because of, because of the, the health effects or the the unknown health effects. She's like, they're banning okay. it in Europe. They're, I'm like, they're not banning it in Europe. She's like, people mm-hmm. in Europe, they're not using it. I'm like, yes, they are. There's, I know plenty of people in, in Europe who have a, well, they're changing. You know, anyway, they're ahead of us. They know more than we know. Well, yeah, I don't know. Setup, I the don't extend know. would be better to just do wirelessly. But if that's getting banned... Um, cause the extend, you've probably already looked this up, but it does, what's the network it does for that? Um, the extend is an, an N. So like the connect that I've got is an AC Wi-Fi, or it'll do N Wi-Fi on the home run extend. So anyway, I might, I might just try the, try antenna. the connect. I might try the antenna in the, uh, in the other room and see if the antenna picks up enough on that TV. And if it does, then I'll. Yeah, the, the other thing I've heard thing. people suggest, and I'm just saying this phonetically, is that to try what's called, I think, an attic antenna. So the leaf, it, it basically looks like an oversized piece of paper that's made out of like, you know, a thin sheet of plastic with a coaxial cable. But you can also get something called an attic antenna, or you could even get an outside antenna. And if you go to a site like TV Fool or Antenna Web, on TV Fool, I noticed you can actually tell it like how far above ground level your antenna is. It will give you better input on what you're likely to get. But I mean, you know, I mean, you might as well at least try one of these dinguses and at least and then buy the $25 Apple TV app and see if you like that. To be honest, the channels on Apple TV, it works fine, but it's not like even just watching regular TV. It's it's like you go into this room, like you go into the area called channels, you got an area called favorites, you got an area called all channels, you go to all channels and you get buttons, usually with art for whatever's on right now, right. but there's no show guide. Um... There's, it's pretty bare bones. And you basically menu out of whatever you're watching to change channels. So it's not super organic. In that hmm. sense, if you just want to like watch whatever's on right now, you're better off just running it into your TV. Right. Anyway, it's, it's funny that... What is the, the appeal of... You think about what we talk about when we were kids. You got a TV. It's got a volume. It's got a horizontal hold. It's got a contrast. And it's got a channel changer maybe two channel changers, UHF and VHF. That's the whole kit and caboodle. But boy, those five stations you could get, you just turn it on, you hit a button, and then you turn it off when you were done. And it worked. It was the ultimate like passing of the John Syracuse test. How long does it take from this thing being powered off to me watching what I want to watch? You're probably not going to find anything more efficient. But to replicate that experience today on our big TVs, uh, in that same way today, it's, it's so much more difficult and so much more costly. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's so a one-time, it's a one-time purchase. It, it is a one-time purchase. And, but like, are you talking about like The Bachelor? That's a TV show, right? Like, that that's is a, a TV yeah, show. I mean, it's, it's a network show. You would like tape The Bachelor, for example. I could tape The Bachelor. I could... Uh, sports. Sports, you could tape sports. Yeah. So for example, my kids' bedtimes happen, you know, like sometime between like seven and I'm usually done like putting them to bed, reading to them and stuff, eight, eight thirty. But all the shows that I might ever want to watch, any debate that's on, any uh, sports that I would want to watch, The Bachelor, whatever it is, those things are starting at like 7 or 8 o'clock here in Central Time, best time zone. So mm-hmm. I, I miss them all. I miss everything. And so what do I need to do? In theory, someone in my situation might have to use sick beard or something like that in theory. I don't know what that is. Dave. I don't either. So they would have to use something like that to download a a someone else's rip of this or they would have to then buy the show or whatever it is on something else 
uh, and pay like, well, now I'm paying $30 for a season of something that's airing on a channel that I get that I just can't right. sit in front of and watch. It's ponderous, man. <laughs> You're right. You're so right. that's to me, that's the kind of thing that that I would want to use it for is I have this channel that's coming in. I would like to just record this thing. And that's, you know. It just, it seems like what you're, you know, what you're talking about is like, I've got the antenna already. I've got the TV already. I just can't be in front of it at the right moment to watch the thing. And that's what makes me sad that I threw my, or or sold or whatever I did to the little hybrid tuner thing. Like that was so dumb. Why did I do that for? I looked at it and said, I don't need that anymore. Well, I imagine we, we must have some friends in uh, Canada that could help you out. Yeah, maybe. You should should talk to some people from Canada. I don't think we have any listeners from Canada here. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. They're a very civil country. They, well, owe, they owe us a lot. Let me put it that way. The, um, the, uh, the journey continues. The journey continues. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You know what else is really good is uh, World of Tomorrow. Did you watch that yet on Netflix? No, I haven't seen that one. Um, oh, are you watching the 11, uh, 11, 22, 63? No. <gasps> Get on it. No, it's, it's not too slow. No. I'll try it out. I'll try it out. I heard it, it was slow. No, it's great. It's great. Right. I'm I still mean, in the middle of Leftovers. I'm on uh, S2E4. Just finished S2E4 of uh, yeah. the Leftovers. I'll, I'll get to it. All right. Uh, well, we've helped a lot of people in uh, two hours. Oh, yep. if we go really fast, it'll just be two hours and uh, two minutes. Yeah, let's do it. There we oh, go. Let's, let's find this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.